Hello and welcome Hello. to Good episode 65 Hello. of the Playthrough Podcast. We've all the been podcast? clapped. <laughs> the Playthrough Podcast, I said, didn't I? I think so. Uh-huh. What did I say? Don't know. I'm, I'm on so many these days. Sometimes I lose, lose <laughs> you all just merge into one. You said the the Keenan Asylum, I think, something like that. <laughs> the Keenan Play Asylum. <laughs> that sounds like some kind of weird place, doesn't yeah. it? The Keenan Play. Yeah. Keenan Play Asylum. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> They've just opened in Soho, apparently. Yeah, where all your dreams <laughs> come true. <Not> at all. <laughs> it's Camarosho. <laughs> yeah. It could be, couldn't it? It could be. I really want to play Yakuza too. You know, I'm itching to play it. Can we do something about that? I've got zero to go. No, we need some shorter Why? games. Why are you playing shorter zero? Games. Oh, like it. it doesn't make, yeah. doesn't I'm, make I'm, I'm any sense, shorter Middleton. Games. Shorter games. Shorter no, games. I know. A season of shorter games would be good. Yeah. Well, Yakuza 2, if you played the original, it's only 18 to 20 hours. That's not only. a short game, mate. It is a short game. It is compared to what we've just been playing. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Many things are. It's a, we- <laughs> it's a weekend's play for you, that Yakuza 2. <laughs> Especially, yeah, up the cottage on the uh, on the Steam Deck. Yep, smash yep. through that in a weekend. <laughs> I'm absolutely. I've got it. Got. I've got it on the PS2 next to me, and I'm kind of itching to play it. But there's just too many other things on. Too many other things to play. I know. These damn podcast games getting in the way. I know. So you reckon I should go for Yakuza Two before Zero then? Well, I, I don't really see why you would go from. Yakuza to Yakuza Zero. Other than the fact it's meant to be a really good game, but it makes no sense in any kind of continuity. No, I know, order. but I want a bit more Majima. <laughs> you get a bit more Majima in in two because you've already gone out of sync, right? Oh, you? well, not really. We started with Kiwami, didn't we? Because that was the first game. Yeah, but no, then I know not Zero in the, in isn't terms, the second one. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So you're going backwards. Where'd you go after zero? <laughs> There's no minus one. Just, just throw a dart at the board and play whatever one it lands on. That's how I roll. Yeah. Rose, you'll be having kittens hearing you talk about this. <laughs> Ever since EGX, man, I've been absolutely... Uh, I've been... Really, I need to scratch the itch. I need to get Yakuza 2 done. Yeah. At some point. That 15 minutes we spent with the new one yeah. really did whet my appetite for the whole Yakuza thing. It did, but I just, I'm still not, I need to play a bit more. I'm still not sure about the uh, the combat. No, leans leans a bit too heavily into the RPG stuff for you, eh? Mm. Oh, that'd yeah. be good. Mm. Yeah. So, listeners are wondering, if you just stumbled upon the podcast and you're wondering what the hell is going on, let me tell you what's going on. So tonight we say farewell to Horizon Forbidden West. It's our fifth and final episode on that game where we're going to be looking at the burning shores dlc the plan is to keep this pretty chill tonight as we did with frozen wilds we're not going to go into as much detail as we have done with the main game we're going to talk about the plot and we're going to talk about the things that we we, there is to do and we've done but it's going to be more of a from an overview perspective Uh, and we're also going to use it just just as our final our final final chance to give our final final impressions on the game Finally. We need to hear from Mads, of course. We do. Because he, yeah. uh, he, he missed the end of the last episode. Well, he and, just, he, and then, then yeah. went on to tell us that we were all wrong. He was just going to reiterate what we said, was he not? at my car stereo when I heard you idiots talk about the ending. But, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll, uh, I'll remember in a few minutes. You've got some different thoughts on the giant ball of spaghetti. You got it all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> As usual, Mads is right, and he's going to tell us why we're all wrong. But uh, I forget, mate. <laughs> but oh, we can just read out your post. It's fine. 
<laughs> yeah, we could do, but we'd be not allowed to swear, though. That's <laughs> yes. the problem. I think he called us some some names. <laughs> mm. Choice words. <laughs> yeah, choice words. So before we get into all of that, let's have a quick rattle around, see if anybody's been up to anything remotely interesting. Jim, what have you been up to? I've had a busy month, mate. Busy, busy month. Travelling around. Did uh, Fishing? Fishing. I did a little bit of fishing, but that was with the kids. Uh, last week yeah. it was half term on it, so I took them up the lake and we had like some yeah. sausage butties and a couple of hours down there. That was that was all good, but yeah. Very good. Very nice, mate. Did you catch anything other than a cold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like this lake's got that many fish in it. So there's two lakes on my ticket that I'm on. One's got hardly yeah. any fish in, but they're all big. And then the other one's got... That many fishing, you could probably walk across the lake, but they're a lot, they're a lot smaller. <laughs> so. Sounds like you're describing the nightlife in Liverpool back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couple of clubs. Yeah. I've only ever been, I can't, I can only remember the cavern when we went up to Liverpool. Never heard of the Grafton? No. Messy, it was a messy, a messy weekend, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back, yeah. back to fishing. Back to, and well, gaming. no, that that was the fishing, really. Um, I nearly killed myself with a with a CRT at the start of the month. Oh no! Oh yes, yeah. So so my CRT stopped working on me randomly. Just it, you'd punch the button and nothing had come on. So I did like a little bit of like fault diagnosis as far as I can with the CRT. Sort of check the internal fuses and and all that sort of stuff. Anyway. It was it was dead. There was no no bringing it back. So off. So that one goes to one side. I'm on Facebook Marketplace trying to. I, I did have a look initially. There's a guy in Bath who repairs and services him, but he charges thirty quid before he's even switched it on. It's like thirty quid just to look at mm. it. So I was like, well, thirty quid. I could probably buy myself a CRT. <laughs> so I go on Facebook Marketplace, scouring for freebies as you do, and I found one that uh, someone was selling for like a fiver. And she was on a, I was working in Wales and uh, she was on, like, lived on this farm in Wales. So we got, we got chatting. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can come and pick it up. She's like, well, I'm not going to be there, but I'll leave it in my boot, my car boot. And I'll leave Sounds it. Sounds like a true crime drama. Yeah, it was. It was. I'll leave it in my boot. Just leave the fiver in the boot when you took the TV. So I was like, right. <laughs> leave the fiver in the boot. <laughs> rocks up, rocks up on this farm in the middle of Wales, middle of nowhere, takes his TV out of the car. It's a bit dusty, but it's 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 not too bad. It's it, it's tired basically. So I was like, "That's fine. I can clean that up, and, uh, and and we'll be all good." Gets it home, fires it up, and and it worked. So I was like, "Sweet, got a like a twenty inch CRT for for a fiver." And I'm trying it out for about ten minutes, and I get this little crack, like this little electrical type crack, and I couldn't work out where it came from, whether it was the TV. Or it was something else that had just like fallen over in the room or I couldn't work it out. Anyway, a couple of minutes later, I just get this massive crack, this massive bang. <laughs> oh my word, like you had to pull me down off the ceiling. Like honestly, I nearly had a heart attack sort of thing. So I'm fiddling with this CRTV, like switching it on. And every time I switched it on, it'd go again like crack this massive bang so I just have interest there was, there was, no, there was no alarm bells to... ringing at this point this, uh, this yeah, point. Oh, no no, no <laughs> I kept switching <laughs> not getting to you to leave it off I should probably no, switch no, it on again going, yeah. kept <laughs> but, but, in, but initially it kept playing but it 
it just kept <laughs> making this crack noise it's massive like crack and then eventually you'd podge the power button it'd flash on make this big crack and then shut off so yeah that <laughs> <laughs> i thought i didn't i didn't bother taking that one apart and looking in there that was so that one went to the side so i've got two broken crts <laughs> at this point Jim's, Jim's house is like a ZRT graveyard. <laughs> Pretty much is. And then it goes over to this guy. So my old arcade cab that got sold to, uh, well, to a guy who runs an arcade in Bristol. Got in touch with him and I was like, have you got anything that you don't want, you're not using? He was like, yeah, yeah, come down and, and we'll we'll have a look. Checked it out. All good. Brilliant. 20-inch TV. He's like, yeah, just take it. It's fine, mate. No worries. Brilliant. Get us at home. And it doesn't work. So between leaving the arcade and getting back to my house, it's died. Oh, so this is, I've now got three broken CRTs. <laughs> like Mat- you like Matilda. Space. You've got the kiss of death on you. <laughs> so yeah, in the end, I just gave up like freebies and I dropped 100 quid on this uh, CRT off a guy on, on Marketplace, this Sony Triniton that's, that's behind me. And that's been all good ever since. Does it work? Yeah. That does look quite nice. Yeah, though. this one works. It's Yeah, it's spot on, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. That's a quite a nice but clean what? one, is it? Just looking over your shoulder, is it quite nice? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's spotless. Oh, yes. Yeah, just gave it like a little sort of dusting and stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's all good. But these things are dying. They are. They really are. So yeah, this three of them went into uh, my local tip. <laughs> I don't. Know. No, I dread oh to God. think if anyone like tried to revive the first one because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these, the, all, all, all the lights look out in Bristol one night, and you'll know what's happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the crack of the thunder god <laughs> yeah, coming down honestly, to smite you. Oh, honestly, and like, the sirens. Yeah. That, that, this crack. I was checking myself over for like sort of shrapnel wounds or something. Like, from, am I still alive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> but then, obviously, as you do, you keep podging the power button, don't you, to see if it. If it'll some people do, Jim. Some people do. Well, yeah, some people do. <laughs> Others just plug it out and move it to one side and ne- never look at it again. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that would have probably been a better solution. Yeah, but yeah. So that was my adventure. When I meet your wife, I'll be. I'll ask her about um, all the CRTs that you've got stored up in the in the garage. There. Oh, she was not. She was not impressed. She was not impressed. I just kept bringing these CRTs back into the house that didn't work. What but this one will work, I promise. <laughs> More old junk. Yeah, yeah, she was not impressed. How's the new Sonic game? Uh, so, right. I, I saw this quote on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was by now, but it said, it's not great, it's not bad, it's just good. And I thought, yeah, that's... That, that almost sums it up. I'd class it as all right to good, depending on how generous I'm feeling. Sounds like a Sonic yeah, game. Pretty, it's yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty much. Every, I go through this every time, don't I? <laughs> every time. Yeah, I've had, I've had some people. I mean, obviously, we've had Super Mario Wonder as well the last I think that's weeks, the problem, Chris. That's the that's Stolen hearts and minds, that game, hasn't it? But I, yeah. I have heard a few people saying they prefer Sonic. I've seen it on social media. So can't Is it, it all it 2D? Yeah, yeah, it's all 2D, and it does that thing that a lot of Sonic games do. Where they'll they'll front load a lot of the good stuff. So, like the first four zones are absolute bangers. They were they were amazing. I was like, this is, and yeah, I was still not too keen on the art style, but I kind of got used to it the more you play it. And the first four zones, I was like, this is great, absolutely brilliant. I was like doing the I would, the special zones were, were all going well. Um, and then you you get these little power ups so you can 
sort of explore the levels a little bit more with these power-ups. And I was really enjoying it. And then it does that thing where it just drops in a mechanic and you're like, oh, why? I'll, so like on, on one of the zones, it does this, um, what do they call it? It's like a, you know, in like a, on a photograph, it's like a, what do they call it? Like a vignette type feed. Sepia? I think it's vignette they call it. So you, they put like okay, a, so you get like a self. You don't get the like full a border picture. Yeah, you around get. if you were to yeah. So they yeah. do that, but they they do this like little circle around Sonic where you can't see where you're going. So literally, you'll go mm. a few so you'll go a few yards, hit something, lose your rings, pick one up, and you're just doing that through the level. And I'm like, how sounds just like Sonic. Mate. I know, I know. So I'm like, how did this get? For, so for every like awesome bit. There's a there's a zone yeah. called like the cyber zone and that is incredible. It's towards the end of yeah. the game actually. That incredible, brilliant, brilliant zone. But for every good bit like that, there's something in there that you're like, how did this get through? Um, yeah. So yeah, I would yeah. I'd give it like a, a six or a gen- seven if I'm feeling generous. Maybe maybe scrapes a seven, but I'd say yeah, six. And then it's good though, right? I mean, seven out of ten is a good game. Yeah. 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 I think if you see it on sale for like 20 quid, then snap it up, definitely. And you've enjoyed like oh. Mania or uh, like the, the 2D side of Generations. I think a lot yeah. the levels don't quite hit the, the, same, like the same heights as they do in Generations. Um, yeah. But if you, if you like that sort of side of it, then, then definitely pick it up if you see it on well, sale. I suspect, I suspect it will be at a pretty price i would have thought yeah christmas coming up and black friday and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah yeah. but then they don't hold the value anywhere near as much as the mario games well this is it and then obviously so i i I beat that and then mario wonder came out a few days later and for all those like like little niggles i had with the sonic game there's just how much time has anyone else put any time in on Mario Wonder? No, only no? about o- only about an hour. No. But I'm trying to resist I've, falling into it because I'll yeah won't I've come up. For done up to the first castle, um, so probably okay. a couple of hours. Me too. I won't I won't give anything away then. Apart from it's it's as close to like platforming perfection as I think you can get. Yeah. It's it, so, it ticks really every in, single box. It's amazing. Yeah, I was really, reading a, yeah, a, a, a the youngest good quote been playing it. it together, and uh, they've ha- been having a lot of fun. So much noise coming from the living room when they were laughing and shouting at each other. And then uh, the the youngest uh, continued playing it by herself, so she's finished it already. She says it's it's wonderful. Yeah, I yeah, don't I'm know right how they do the, this. I'm right I, near the end now. We see this every single time about these big releases. It was exactly when we were talking about Tears of the Kingdom as well. And it's just, they somehow just get it right every single time, don't they? And there's obviously us that will be playing it, having the time of our life. Mads, your daughter's playing it, having the time of her life. Um, I bought it for, well, I said I bought it for my kids. It wasn't, it was purely for me. But um, I'd heard that it's quite good on the the four. But I think there's a couple of differences to... Um, New Super Mario Brothers. If you're playing it as with, with young kids, I think that makes it a wee bit trickier. They were saying, but on the whole, um, I, I, I haven't had a chance to sit there and play it with them yet. But they will absolutely love it as well. But it's just I don't know what it is. It's like in difference to some of the other stuff we've been playing recently. Let's just pop the cartridge in. It had to update. It took thirty seconds, and then you were just straight into yeah. the game. And then cause I was just reading it. I was comparing it to. I think they've just released the. I think it's either 120 or 150 gigabyte 
uh, you, you need on your hard drive for Modern Warfare 3 that's coming out next month <laughs> or later this month, I think. And then like, you, know, you pop that in and 30 seconds later, you're good to go. It's and, a phenomenal no game. Right. When, when I popped in Mario Wonder, there was no update. No day zero patch. No, 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 no. It, it may well have been... To I, I, it's been so long since I've played my Switch. It may well have been the console that was updating then. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, straight off into it. And I think it was... I'm trying to think who it was. It was talking about somebody I follow on Twitter or X or whatever, and they were saying that kind of the, the highest praise they can say it's almost just like a you know a 2023 release of Super Mario World. You know, if you were to if you were to make yeah, Super yeah. Mario World today, yeah. this is what you'd get. And I, I think as you, as you know, Super Mario World is the only genuine 100 percent game that's ever been made. So that's high praise <laughs> indeed. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like they've. Um... And for uh, yeah, I've only played as I said. I probably played about the same as you, Andy. So maybe kind of ninety minutes or so. Um, played it, just played it on my own, and uh, it. And for, from from that snippet and what I've read, it, it feels like they've managed to capture the magic of the three D games and distill it down into a two D game. And that, yeah. for me, I don't feel like they've ever done that. I, I would even venture to say, as as much as I love Super Mario World. I would say, for me, there is like an inventiveness and a creativity and a lightning in a bottle feel to Super Mario 64 and the Galaxy games and Odyssey, which has never really been there for me with the 2D games until I started playing Super Mario Wonder and I was like, every level is like its own little mechanic. It's like its own little set piece. It's someone showing off some amazing idea which is just executed by the most talented software engineers in the world. Yep. And it's magic, really. And it was one of the things that I'd, I'd literally skim read some reviews just to get an idea about it more than anything else. I mean, like you need to bother with a Mario game, but that's what they were saying is that they haven't shied away from, they'll introduce like a really fun and really, um, like really unique um, new yeah. um uh, like some new aspect to that level and gimmick or mechanic, yeah, yeah, and it'll literally it will they'll maybe use it for one, maybe two or three levels, and then they won't think twice about yeah, just ditching gone. it and then onto something new yeah. again. And it's just, it's yeah. that, I mean, it's, it's, it takes a lot of confidence to do that. But um, I, 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 I'm gonna have to. I'm sitting here getting very excited, but I, I need to go and play some more of it. I think because that's yeah. just what they did yeah. in Odyssey. Of course, there were so many gameplay yep. mechanics that were just used in one or two levels, and they were fun. All of them. It was just. And even yeah. even things that you yeah. think you might think it'll be an it'll be really annoying, like the flower sort of constantly talking to you. I love it's that. Not, it's not. It's not. Yeah. So, oh, it's so good, and it just makes you <laughs> maybe laugh, and it just makes you feel like really positive and happy just playing it. And I think that's but, it. But in the hands of anybody else, it would be annoying, right? But there's just something about the way they execute, which just means it always stays on the charm inside. Yeah. You know of. If, I feel like it comes close, but if from what from the little I've played, but it just always just stays on the charm inside of annoying and and I don't know how they do it and and but I mean going back to that mechanic thing, I mean we're playing two of us are finished at Magic playing Ocarina of Time at the moment. Even going back to that twenty five years ago, they were using mechanics that they would quite happily just dispense with. Uh, and although they've become much more slick in the way they implement these things, they've been doing that kind of thing feels like pretty much forever. Um, and, and and it is brave because it is risky to, to do it, but it feels like they, they're kind of just throwing everything at the wall here and 90% of it is sticking to it. Yeah. 
yeah. in the hands of any other developer. It just feels like not even half of it would stick. Well, it is almost like the, the 90s all over again, I suppose, where you've had that a Sonic and a Mario releasing within close succession. And then yeah. Mario just highlights, it just highlights all the the shortcomings in, in, in the Sonic games. There, I've said it. Differences, Jim, <laughs> differences. Yeah. Yeah. They can have both, though. I mean, you can, you can have both. Yeah. And as we've just said, Sonic, you know, from what I've read, seems like a good game. Uh, it, not everyone can do what Nintendo do with Mario, and not every game can be a Tears of the Kingdom or a Breath of the Wild. You know, you yeah. need you need all sorts to make the world go round. Definitely. Andy, been up to anything else other than dabbling with Wonder? No, that's it. I think the last time we recorded, I'd maybe just picked up Assassin's Creed Mirage. Maybe oh, we hadn't. Yeah. Either way, I've got it still sat there, sealed on top of the uh, on top of the desk at the moment. So I haven't made any progress with that whatsoever. But uh, I bought that specifically because it's just a, a shorter campaign. So I knew there was. I wasn't going to get around to any of these games really whilst we were finishing it'll up. Be very short, short, mate. If you never if if you never unseal it, it'll be a very short campaign. Well, this is it. This is the whole. This is what I was thinking. Is that I will commit to it. But I thought probably. <laughs> I think when we move on to Hades next, I suspect that's probably the sort of game that you can play something alongside it. Um, <laughs> this is what I'm telling myself <laughs> because I couldn't do it with Forbidden West. I couldn't do it with Burnt West. But also, we went on to Burning Shores, so it's uh, it's basically it, it justifies me continuing to buy brand new sealed games that will stay brand new and sealed for the foreseeable future. Like I say, got Modern War three, Modern Warfare three on pre order. Don't know why. It's uh, <laughs> I've made very little. Pro- you love those games, though. I do, but I've also not got any time to play them. I've did you up- did you try the beta? Was there a beta? Weren't they or? Recently, was uh, there was. I think I actually got. I can't even get. I, I've got such little time for. It, I really do sort of have to prioritize. I think I'd got an email for early access to mm-hmm. that. I got early access to the new Mortal Kombat one as well. But uh, I, I, I just basically I'm not organized or not the time enough to kind of get signed up and get onto these things. I just wait for the game yeah. to arrive and then just just play it. To be honest. Um, yeah. So no, that has well. Obviously, we've been chatting there a wee bit about Wonder, but that's been out on the gaming side. To be honest, not too much else. Looking forward to it's. Uh, well, you know, we've got that's what we're here for to talk about this. But um, I feel feeling ready for a change, definitely. So I'm looking forward to getting onto yeah. something new. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, a topic we'll come back to. I'm sure. Mads, all good. Been up to anything exciting? So I, I've been killing some CRTs as well, just to, to make Jim happy. So I, nice. I picked up a, a nice. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> yes, yeah. I picked up a nice B and O MX fifteen hundred just a month or two ago. Had, had it sitting here at the loft, and uh, I, I wanted to use it for my Halloween installation uh, at work. So I brought it there just uh, yesterday, actually, and uh, set it up, and it was working. But it was is for some reason it was showing my um, my C sixty four in black and white. So, so I thought I just had some settings wrong or something like that. And while I was uh, fiddling with the connection, it did uh, just what Jim said. It said, pop, mm. <laughs> gave a little light out and uh, no no more magic, no more magic. I, you can turn it on. It, the, the, the little diode lights up and, and says it's turned on, but there's nothing on the screen anymore. So, no, no, yeah, that's gone. It's gone. It's gone. So I had to use my old huge B&O instead for it. But uh, luckily, I, I do have like 
a small collection of CRTs. So, so <laughs> it was no, no catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> you were scouring Facebook for freebies. <laughs> no, no, not this time. No. Not this time. Well, well, the idea is to do that, Jim, whilst you've got one working. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a nice one in reserve. Mm. That's that's the idea. But, yeah, I know. The but... problem is right now I've actually only have I only have three CRTs, so I'm gonna have to stock up again. I think. Yeah. yeah. I've got two. I've got my 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 good one, my Panasonic, and a little dinky. So I think it's a I don't know about seventeen inch in the in the garage. Mm. Which last time I tried it, it worked, but I haven't had it's been in the cold garage for a while. I need to get it out actually. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Apart from that, I have things. been playing some games. Uh, people listening to Retro Asylum will know I've been playing a lot on my uh, analog pocket again, playing some Game Boy games. Really had a great time with some of the bitmaps of the releases athletic world or what is was it athletic land i forget and uh tales of Monsterland. great great titles yeah i had a little dabble on that last night it was good yeah yeah it's good yeah. yeah 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 i love that and because i've i uh, Rauschy was talking so much about the wolfenstein games i felt like i needed to play something just for myself so i i played all the way through is it called wolfenstein new blood I think it is, or maybe mm. it's old blood. Which one was? Which one was that? Was that the one from about four years ago? No, it's older than that. They, they were uh, they they rebooted Wolfenstein. They they released one game, then the second one is this. I think it's actually called Old Blood. Wolfenstein. Old okay. Blood. I think yeah. Is it Old Blood, and then there's a New Blood, and then there's like a new. No, there's a Young Blood. I think maybe. Young Blood. Oh, oh my god! god. But the, the, this is blood. the second part <laughs> of Wolfenstein One. Maybe something like uh, almost just a DLC. It was quite short. It was a uh, like a six-hour game, something along those lines. But it was great fun. Yeah. And uh, then I've started Wolfenstein Two, which is called the New Colossus, and that is oh yeah, bad shit crazy and really really good. So I'm mm. enjoying just uh, playing those like uh, half an hour before going to bed these days. Yeah, really good games. Who are you playing that on then? You playing that on the what, Steam Deck? No, on the PC, mate. On the PC. On the PC. Yeah. Proper PC. With a, yeah, with I, a controller. I, I, I treated myself to one of those Nvidia 4070 graphic cards not too, not too long ago. So and, and on a on an ultra wide monitor was it 21 inch something like that? I, I forget. No. Yeah. No, nice. thirty-four inch, of course, thirty-four inch. So uh, oh, an ultra wide nice. one. That looks so good yeah. for the those yeah. uh, kind of games. I bet <laughs> there's so many good games around, man. Isn't there? We can't, couldn't possibly play them all. Nope. nope. There's so many. Did you guys see the? I don't know whether you guys have been reading any Alan Wake two reviews. They've been dropping over the past twenty-four hours. Yeah, I mean, looks that's really good. another game that is. Getting nines and tens out yeah, of ten. Yeah, I've seen a couple of mixed reviews. So I saw a five out of five and also a three out of five. So it's um... it's definitely had. So Eurogamer gave it three out of five. Although I, the Eurogamer review, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was an exercise in some kind of Mensa study rather than a video game review. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've also seen it get. I think it got a two out of five on one of the. Sony focused where no push square gave it a, a 10 out of 10 yeah. you know one of those kind of that might be in the sixth axis or something like that mm. um so it hasn't had universally strong reviews god but the people who love it really love it so did you guys uh, play the first one no i've never no, played I, it, I played a little bit of it maybe like two or three hours something like that because oh, you've should, played it mad haven't you it's it, i absolutely loved it uh most of the story and, and the the mood the setting it, it was just like playing a stephen king movie or a stephen king book yeah it was 
beautifully yeah. done. I came very close to picking it for the second yeah. season, I think, of this podcast. But then I saw when I was steambook stalking that you'd um, um, that you'd you'd already you'd already um, played it, so I chose something else. So I, I probably can't remember any of it. I played it once back in the day on the 360 when it came out. So I'm, I'll gladly play that again. It feels like a, it feels like such a classic game for this podcast. Mm. Yeah, I've already got my next pick Doesn't anyway, it? so it's fine. And it, <laughs> oh, it my is season is going to be the season of mess. I, I read that on it's Discord. Not. Somebody uh, was not. talking about that. Yeah, Mads, you put that on Discord. <laughs> I'll take you, you. You need to let me make a pick next season just for how much it's going to mess with Chris's head. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, no, mate! You need to give me advance warning of this so I can play the previous games. <laughs> that's not no. You're, that's you're, it could, that's that's a, that's a very that that's you're assuming a fair bit. There. You're it at could, the end of the se- you're at the end of the series anyway, so that's fine. And it'll take you guys four hundred hours to play Dark Souls, so I'm all good. Yeah, because oh, I've already played a FromSoft game, so I know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's Look it. At him. He's, Stick he's with me, kids. Have you ever heard He'll that he's be actually right. finished Demon Souls? Yeah. I finished Demon Souls, you know. Did you know that? <laughs> so apart from that, what have you been up to, Chris? <laughs> so I have been really just podcast games, man. Just um, just games for the various, you know, Retro Silent. We've obviously playing some Bruce Lee this past month. That's good. On I'm, the various. Sorry to interrupt. I played the uh, Master System port. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. No? <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 Bit convincing to do there, Jim. I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just yeah. Uh, just because it's not on a micro. Matt, Matt and I are going to get right. into it later this week. Micro asylum. Yeah, the master system port is really good. It's just it just completely changes the game for, for, for the better. It doesn't feel like Bruce Lee, possibly, <laughs> possibly, but it, the specy version is where it's at. But no, Matt and I no, and I'll no, get the last bit. No, it's my bit. <laughs> and, Mads and I will talk about that later this week. So I've been playing some of that. I've just started Metal Gear Solid 2, on which is the community playthrough game on Retro Asylum for November. So getting a bit of a head start on that. Played through the first, you know, the um, the tanker section on that. The, oh, the, f- yeah. the first part where you play as uh, Solid Snake. Yeah. Uh, no, no spoilers for anybody who's not playing brilliant. Metal Gear Solid Brilliant, 2. brilliant yeah. part of the game, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed. I've, I've played it. This will be my third time through Metal Gear Solid Two. So I played it when it came out, and then I played it again about ten years ago. And uh, it's quite a short game, isn't it? Recollection. I can't remember it being that long. It's what about eight hours? Do you reckon seven, eight hours? Yeah, I reckon eight to ten hours. If, if you, you can't, depending on how stuck you get on some of the bosses. Mm. Yeah. Some of them, I remember being pretty tricky towards the end of the game. And if you obviously know where you're going to pick up yeah. the key cards and the power ups, yeah, exactly, uh, the, like the, yeah. the extra bits that you get, then yeah, yeah. So I, I don't remember it being that long. So I'm hoping to kind of fly through that, and then I might even sneak in Yakuza too. Who knows? Um, although in December on the community playthrough, it's Final Fantasy V, so I feel like I might need a bit of a running start at that because that's likely to take more than a month. I mean, Ocarina of Time took almost two months of playing that, you know, not not kind of consistently, but yeah. playing it, you know, good probably in the last while, an hour a day at least. And uh, I reckon that took me about 40, 45 hours in total to get through that. Wow. Um, so a much longer game. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I was in a really good place with that because I, I played it when it came out and I've played mm. it since on like the 3DS and a couple of other times but I hadn't played it 
since playing it on the 3DS. So I could remember it yeah. wasn't because there's some really like obscure puzzles in oh, there. Oh, there is. The signposting, I think, is a bit yeah. wonky at times. But yeah. I had enough in the back of my mind, you know, to remember, to get me through all that. Yeah. So, but there was still yeah. a bit, a couple of bits that tripped me up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there's been lots on. So obviously looking forward to getting started with our next round of games, uh, both here and on the Retro Asylum Game Club and uh, dive in deep into those. So try to clear my schedule a little bit. I've got a couple of Kane and Rinse episodes coming up as well. I've got uh, Ridge Racer, we're not Ridge Racer, we've done that one. The Outrun 2 series. So more Outrun 2 chat for me at the weekend. I did Mads. see the um, the Ridge, sorry, Mad. The, the Ridge Racer game's been taken off the Xbox store, hasn't it? Uh, has it the one that Leon mentioned yeah, on that Kane yeah, Rince episode? Yeah, I had a look. That was so weird. Yeah, that's gone. That random Xbox port of the original Ridge Racer, so weird. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Bizarre. Uh, yeah, so Matt and I have already spoke out run two this year, but I'm going to be doing a bit more of that this weekend. And Sounds then good. we've got an episode on the FIFA, the entire FIFA series coming up uh, week after next. So that'll be good. And then that's me done. That's me Kane and Rince done for the year. I'll be, I'll be, uh, yeah, clear for the last few episodes. They don't involve me. Do you put a little message? Or do you say like caned and rinsed when you're finished? Or? Could do if you wanted could to, do, please. Could do. Nobody, nobody does. No. Missing a trick. But you could do. Could do. I will. I'll try it and see what happens. Yeah, I'll let you know. Let me know. I'll let you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. Looking forward, to, as Andy said, to. Uh, as much as I've absolutely adored this game, I think you know we've all we've been at it for a good few months now. So I think we're all looking forward to having our last word on on Forbidden West and moving on to Hades. So, in terms of where we left the gym, I'm not going to ask you to summarise the whole game. No, don't please worry. don't. Uh, <laughs> so, Burning Shores then is a DLC that was released earlier this year, almost twelve months. Uh, after the release of the original game and narrative DLC, it it continues immediately. Yes, Matt. I thought I was supposed to start by telling you how wrong you were with all your waffling about about the ending. And I'm coming to that. I'm going to introduce you now. Okay, I'm okay, gone. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's coming. It's coming. You'll get your chance. Uh, <laughs> it starts immediately uh, where we left off from the main game, but. Before we really dive into the detail, Matt, we didn't hear from you at the end of the last episode, did we? No, you didn't. On, you didn't. on thoughts on, on the Nemesis reveal, end of the main game. So go on, lay it on Here's us. What, what's your take? Angry from Denmark coming up. Disgusted of Denmark. I completely forgot now because I'm getting too old, mate. But <laughs> well, one, one thing so that... So we, uh, we, we basically, I think collectively, we just thought it was a bit of a damp squib. I yeah. think I was probably the most down on it. Yeah. I thought it was a bit cheap, this, oh, and here comes the bigger baddie. And I felt that they kind of spoiled the Zeniths by killing them all so quickly and spoiling the mystery. But that's one of the parts that I very much disagree with because they didn't kill okay. off the Zeniths. The, the, the Zeniths were just, just the humans. It's still the Zenith that's coming because it's their minds. It's their. Uh, it's not an AI. It's 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 kind of like their minds being created, well, separated from their bodies. So Nemesis is very much the Zeniths coming after them again so so I, I i i actually 
I look forward to seeing what they what they do with that because it's it's going to be tough for them to make a an interesting um, opponent out of these uh, disembodied minds that are coming after them. But it's still very much the Zenith coming after them, and I really liked that the Zenith weren't superhero humans when when it when we took away their their armor and and their their tools because they were they were genetically engineered, of course, to be um, to live longer. But they weren't super strong or super intelligent or anything like that. They were just using lots and lots of toys and tools. And once you mm. took that away from them, they were just human and they died quite quickly. I really, I, yeah. I liked that. I, I thought that was brilliantly done. But they're still not done because here comes their mind forms that are maybe even more intelligent because uh, they are uh, computer mind forms. They've been using artificial intelligence to make themselves even smarter. So so here comes the real opponents that can transform their minds into robot bodies, of course. That's that's going to happen, isn't it? So, so Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where they take this. You're not you're not doing anything to whet my appetite for a third game. I have to say, <laughs> uh, I, I I I agree with some of that. So mm. I definitely agree with the fact that I did appreciate also, and it's one of the issues I have actually with, um, I, it's one of the issues I have with this DLC and the way they ultimately portrayed Landra was that they ended up turning him into some kind of weird super villain thing that you had to fight, which. I thought it was a bit stupid. Mm. So I do agree. I do agree with that, that the fact that they kept them human was good. I think for me, I've been thinking thinking about it while I was playing Burning Shores. I, I suppose I just wish that Aloy never came into conflict with them so soon. I, I think we, we said it last time. They seem to spend so long building up the mystery around the Zenith and the reveal of the Zenith was so cool, you know, as as and the possibilities that... that abound with that and all the things you don't know i just feel like from that from where we were 15 20 hours into forbidden west to where we got to you know 60 or whatever hours later whatever it was i just felt like rushed and almost like yeah this is the story of the zeniths now and we want to finish that now because we've now got to move on to the squidgy red mess which is the real thing we need to worry about you know and that for me just holds much less mystery and far fewer questions about what that could mean yeah it's yeah. just the way it feels for me at the moment yeah, completely understandable i i feel the the opposite way because i'm really looking forward to seeing where also because i can't see where they're taking the story right now it, it's it's not obvious to me so that makes it just no. all the more exciting and i know these guys they know how to tell a good story so i i trust that they will do something interesting with nemesis and with these uh zenith minds that are, are coming towards earth so so yeah, it had the opposite effect for me. I thought it was quite cool uh, that reveal, and That's good. I, I liked I liked the the abrupt ending of the Zeniths because they really weren't all that as long as you took away their toys. Yeah, yeah. And how did you find Silent Roll at the end of the game? Did you like the fact that it was will he go? Will he not? Will he stay? How's he going to pilot the ship? Yeah, I'm a sentimental old fool, so I, I liked it. <laughs> he came back and uh, <laughs> got all better. <laughs> But there is one line he has right at the end of Burning Shores that he would never have been able to deliver had he took off in that ship. So yep. we should all be grateful that he was able to deliver that line, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that mm. later. 
so let's so let's kind of dive into Bernie Shaw's then. So yeah, as I said, it it continues straight off. It's it's set up that we get a call from Silence. If you if you go back once the credits roll, if you've got Bernie Shaw's installed, you'll get a call. And remember, this is different to Frozen Wilds because with Frozen Wilds, you could access that once you got to a certain point in the Zero Dawn story. You could almost play it as a bit of a side story to the main game, which I always felt made it feel, it definitely made it feel like side content because it was literally side content, wasn't it? It, to the it, main it felt game. as if it was actually supposed to be played as a bit of a side story before you finish the big bad because it, you, exactly, you, you that's exactly Hades and then you go back to the point before you finished him and yeah. you could finish yeah. him again or you could go and, and do other yeah. missions. And, this this is actually done right, isn't it? It's it's more yeah. story, but it's happening after the fact that you've well finished off the yeah. other scenes. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it made the whole thing feel much more necessary and much more relevant. Yep, because it felt like a, a sure continuation of the uh, the Forbidden West story, as opposed to just a little bit of extra filler content for us to. To go and explore. So immediately I felt that I was more invested in what it was trying to do. Did, did you guys feel the same or was, did you get the whole DLC or after the Lord's Mayor Parade feel? No, I felt the exact same. This yeah, is, no, uh, I thought I thought they did it well. Yeah, yeah. no, no I, I was quite keen, I think, if only because it'd been a fairly, not, not rushed by any means, but um, we talked about it, is that... I hadn't been able to put as much time into the main game. And so I was quite actually quite grateful for the chance that it was almost like a refresh button to sort of continue in the same world, but to come back into basically just a, a more condensed version of what the main game was. So I, I actually quite liked yeah. it. It was like a, a fresh start and a fresh story, but it, in some respects a fresh story, but you know also with the same mechanics, exact same game, everything. So it was a sort of a, a, yeah. a, a it didn't feel quite maybe so overwhelming as what the, what the main yeah. game did. So I, I thought it was... Uh, much preferred that to what it was with the DLC on the first game. Yeah. It takes place in the area of the world which which they call the Burning Shores, which is essentially uh, old-school Los Angeles uh, with recognisable landmarks. There's a, there's a really cool section of the Horizon Wiki where you can compare in-game landmarks with with, with the uh, with, with the real-life counterparts. Oh, it's quite cool, cool to look at them. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, and it has them for it has them for the base game. It has them for for zero dollar. Again, I mean, it, it's not a one to one recreation this of downtown LA, mm. but yeah, things like the obvious one is the Hollywood Hills. That's all present and correct. And there's a famous shopping strip where you find one of the little dinosaurs that you can that you can collect. Uh, so, so there are. It, it, it's one of those things. I think if you if you lived in LA or you knew LA really well, you'd recognise some of these places. It the map. It, it feels to me like it's about a quarter of a size of of the main Forbidden West yeah. uh, map. Uh, a series of little islets, I would say, kind of a little archipelago of, of islands, uh, which you can initially navigate by boat, which which is. Feels cool in the first place, but quickly, uh, quick, quickly becomes pretty redundant. Yeah, I don't think I. I don't, once we uh, got the the wing back, I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't even go near the boat again. Apart from, I think there's one story mission that that forces you onto the boat, isn't there? 
yeah, as a means of as a means of traversal yeah. to the to, to the objective. I loved the port. I thought it was very well. I thought it was just it was a very enjoyable means of traveling around. I've actually preferred it to flying around. To be honest, I, I I liked it. It was just very quite relaxing. Just the sort of the chugging of the engine as you were, and it, again, it just shows the game at its best. Just how beautifully animated all the water is as it's kind of chopping around you. I I, I enjoyed going around on that. Yeah, I mean, what did we make of the visuals? So th- there was a lot made about this being a uh, a-, a leap on from Forbidden West. There's a digital foundry video on it, which talks about you know the the diff the different tech that's being employed here. This was a PS5 exclusive, unlike the base game, which was PS4 as well. And although they did a pretty remarkable job of 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 making that look absolutely stunning on the PS5 and still getting a good tune out of it on the PS4. This is one where they could really focus their efforts on on the PS5. My initial impressions were mm, I'm not really sure it does look you know it looks the original game looked absolutely incredible and this looks absolutely incredible but I didn't notice the it didn't leap out at me it's like oh this looks so much better than the base game. No, no, same really. Yeah. Same for me I, was I think expecting more, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I thought maybe the same as well. It's, um, but uh, not for me in, in any way was I. That's not to say I was in any way disappointed. It's I, I was. No. I think we talked about maybe it was on our third recording. Right, was asking I'd had a break from it for a couple of weeks. This is on the the original yeah. game, and I'd said so. You know, I had some sort of update in the meantime because I came back to playing it and I was just like this game is incredible looking and um, obviously we sat down to play this he was I think you, you maybe your eyes were tuned back and again the one thing I did notice on this which kind of stood out maybe more I don't remember seeing so much in the first game was just the uh, the the weather systems there was quite a lot that you could yeah. see that you know sort of some big thunder clouds and the lightning that was you know forking down to the ground and stuff just things like that that just made it the the, the world look even that much more convincing again but I think just kind of in terms of the the, the the game kind of you cover so many different kind of um climate zones I guess over the course of the game and the the, the map I, I thought this this one just lends itself very well to the game this kind of I, I actually thought it looked kind of like slightly more kind of tropical maybe than what I would yeah yeah expect mm-hmm. something like uh, you know given that I mean obviously it's a, 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 under very different conditions than what currently LA is but I I thought it was just as you see these little islands with you know the the, the bright blue water and then very sort of contrasting yeah. all the, the the bright colors of the the sort of the vegetation the foliage and everything I I, I thought it was it was very really sort of popped I think more than what the, some of the, yeah. the parts of the original game did yeah I think the sky boxes for me were the things that did set it apart from from the base game so yeah, especially at night you know when although it's a bit unrealistic isn't it the way the stars are kind of just so yes, bright but it, was, they yeah, look, but, it does look absolutely oh, amazing oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah why not you know it doesn't need to be photorealistic it's you know make, make it look like that make it make you stop and yeah. stare and look up and then just kind of take it all in why not yeah, it does look some, and the water effects as well. I mean, they were beautiful in the in the base game, but Jesus Christ! I mean, some of these water effects are absolutely stunning. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you're when you get the water wing later on, and you're flying and you're swooping right down, and you, it never ever is anything other than incredible. No. <laughs> to look at is it's just a visual absolute visual feast for the eyes there's so much to look at around the map you know there's you know the lava cascading down the mountain from where um where londra holds up at the end you know it there's just so much visual 
stuff to take in. Yeah, I think uh, Morpin said it on Discord, actually. There was, there's, it seems more moments when, like, you're flying around and you might see, like, a little, um, you know, like a group of birds flying beneath you or something. Mm. Or the environment in that sense felt a little bit more alive than it did in the in the base game. There seemed to be more stuff going on in the water as well. Just felt a little bit more real and alive than 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 perhaps it maybe that was just that little bit of extra grunt, you know, meant that they could just do a little bit more in the, you know, in the in the environs than in the base game. But I mean it's one of those, isn't it? In the base game I think is still the the technically the best looking game I've ever seen and my lad's been yeah. playing Spider Man two over the past couple of weeks and for all the kind of plaudits that's been and that does look stunning. To me it's no, not as good as Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, it's just incredible-looking game. The other cool thing you can do here is you can go back and forth between the main map and the Burning Shores. So it, your progress just completely carries on. So you can you can fast travel once you unlock the campfires. You can, and with the PS5's SSD, you know you can be you can be messing around in the Burning Shores, and then three seconds later you can be doing a bandit camp. In the forbidden, how, so how you do you to... travel back? I didn't ask so bother to look. So you can either fast travel, yeah, uh, from a campsite in the normal way, or if you fly north on a water wing or a sun wing, if you just fly north, it will get to the point where it will say, um, "Do you want to travel to the forbidden west?" Right. Um, so, so you can't you and it, what if you set your if you set a marker in the forbidden west, it'll say like. 12,000 whatever that yeah. distance measure is um, but you can't just fly there because at one point it'll say do you want to travel to the Forbidden West and then you'll get a one second loading screen and you'll be in the Forbidden West and so when you came to fast travel could you literally was it because I don't think I've ever maybe zoomed out ever far enough if you keep zooming out you ultimately see the Forbidden West map again yeah. and then you can just yeah. ah okay I must have never bothered to do that. I must have just. They don't join up, do they? There's like a little bit of like black between the the two areas. Oh, maybe that's what it was because I saw that. That that, I see that um, the 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 black border between them basically is. I never bothered to try and scroll up above it. I thought I'm I'm in this area until I'm done. But uh, But I didn't. until it was I saw it on the Discord. I didn't even try to go between the two. I just assumed it was its own contained thing yeah that's it because before you came across it gave you the the option it said you know you're absolutely sure you want to leave and go to the burning shores and i thought that was basically you saying yeah until i'm done that's mm. me mm. out of the main game oh would... yeah it's not like i had time to go back yeah. so it's fine <laughs> i only went back i only went back right at the end actually after i finished the burning shores but i know from what the guys have said on discord and from looking online that you can just flip between the two yeah uh, I mean, obviously, you've got no main quest still to do on the Forbidden West at, at this point because this unlocks at the end of the, the main game. But you might have loads of side stuff still to do, depending on how much you tackled. So you could you could just use this as a bit of an anchor for doing, as an incentive for doing some of the side stuff. You know, you've still got some story stuff to play if if you if you wanted to. Um, it's it's quite a nice way of doing it again, rather than feeling like a distinct. This is a self-contained story here in the Burning Shores. It just kind of neatly kind of flows into it, which I appreciated actually. Um, I thought it was a really good way to do mm. it. Yeah, it feels the it story, feels part of the, the the story, doesn't it? Rather than it yeah. does. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, and it feels necessary. It feels, you know, I can't imagine playing for Bibb West and not playing the Burning Shores as part of it. You know, it feels. I'm really glad we covered it. Actually, I'm glad we well, played it. Well, it does. And it I'm, sets up a few interesting things that they might do with the third one. Um, we'll come to that, Jimbo. Yeah. Come to that on the list. <laughs> Don't worry. Horizon three predictions. Um, but the setup, but the story setup here is that Silence in. Um, in going through the data he found in the Zenith space, he'd found that there were 13 Zeniths that came back on the Odyssey, came back from Sirius, their, their, their colony that had been destroyed by Nemesis. Um, but we only killed 12, or did we kill them? If my mad's theory, you know, you know what I mean. In, in body, we killed them. We only killed 12, and there was one that escaped a man called Walter Landra. A guy who made his fortune by mining near Earth asteroids and selling the uh, the minerals that that were taken off them. He was CEO of a company called Heaven Sent, um, and Silence believes, and I don't really know how he kind of came to this conclusion. He believes that Landra may know something about how to stop Nemesis, so he thinks it's important that we find him and either find his data or find him and uh, uh, and and get the opportunity to quiz him. It's a little contrived, this, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, look, there was one that we just he escaped, one that we forgot. Right? You know, you killed all these Zeniths, and now, oh, hang on. There's another one over there. Forgot about that one. A little bit contrived. Did it ever become apparent as to what point he made his exit from the main group? Yeah. Because we did... We... No, a long time yeah. ago, because he's been there in the burning shores for a long time, cultivating those uh, followers. The followers, that yeah, to. that's right. Yeah. Well, at least 12 months, because the Quen had been there, hadn't yeah. they? For, the Quen only arrived 12 months earlier, and you get the impression he was there when they arrived, because he was on the beach, wasn't he, waiting for them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The they they met at the beach shipwreck. at some point, at least, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did a bit of reading about Walter Laundra. I think he... so. He was researching on the way back ways to kill. This all comes out in in, in um, data points that you may or may not have found. But he he was researching on the way back to Earth about ways to stop Nemesis, thinking that he'd get back to Earth and start going after these multinationals, you know, these conglomerates who were researching the weapons. Silence mentions at the end of um, Burning Shores. But he came to the conclusion, actually, that he wouldn't be able to do it. So his then his next objective was as soon as he landed, he then he then done one from the other zenith straight away, and he had and because he knew that back where he was when he was a CEO, he was working on this project to create this rocket which he could then repurpose and use to get as far away from everybody else as possible. And he had this godlike complex, like I think they all do. All the zeniths appears have these. You know this uh, nasty, evil CEO type, godlike complex to um, to to create this new colony world. Um, what he didn't know, of course, was that he was going to bump into this uh, <laughs> this tribe and 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 basically get his seedlings for his new uh, his new population. Uh, and we will we will come on to a little bit more about how he does that. But the story itself plays out as a basically a chase for Landra. Um, we he he does um his objective is to brainwash the quen it's a it's another branch of of the quen um, that shipwrecked onto the burning shores so they were separated from the main group that we met in the main game 
and his plan was to brainwash uh, those so he could capture their DNA and he would then use that DNA to effectively print new humans when he got to his colony. But there was going to be a select group of them who would accompany him on, on the ship to go to his uh to go to his his new his new world that he'd identified and he was trying to recreate his inner circle from from back in the day when he was when he was a youngster a thousand years ago on planet earth including his wife uh who <laughs> it, this see what i really enjoyed about the story in burning shores is not so much like the the, the big story but I actually really enjoyed learning about Laundra because he was a bit of a sad, he's a bit of a sad case. He had all these friends. He was a typical kind of multi-billionaire CEO. He had these people who weren't really his friends, but they were just hanging on. They were in, in his employ. And he was married to this to this global superstar actress who he was convinced was having an affair. So he got his best mate to go and watch her. And it turns out she wasn't having an affair until... She really got to know his best mate, and then she started having an affair with his best mate. <laughs> and uh, it's a bit sad, really, isn't it? <laughs> Poor Londra. Uh, and and then he he yeah he then split with her, and then that's when he buggered off onto the Odyssey because he felt like he didn't really have anything to stay for. So a lot of his infrastructure is is still there. So his plan is to take the select group of of, of the Quen and, and head off to the new colony. Uh, Aloy and her companion Seika, who we will talk about in a minute, a very important part of, of the uh, Burning Shores story, uh, interrupt that plan. And they they uh, rescue the the Quen, who don't feel like they need to be rescued. They feel like they're they've met one of the you know they they see Londra as a god really, and they they are convinced that they're going to ascend, they're going to ascend to the heavens and go with him to this new colony. Um, they disabuse them of that notion. Some more reluctantly than others are thinking the Quen are, are willing to believe Aloy and Seika. Uh, and they ultimately chase Londra down and he 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 gets an old Horus going, uh, which provides a brilliant set piece. We will talk about some of the combat, but he, it provides this brilliant set piece battle, doesn't it, towards the end of the game, uh, which I think is probably more fun to look at rather than play. Because... I find the camera was going a bit crazy as you're battling around this Horus and you're trying to find its its heat sinks to to overheat it, uh, and it culminates with a uh, it culminates with a, a battle a one to one battle between Aloy and Landra, uh, in, in inside the Horus, and ultimately he dies he dies he kills him and and Aloy was able to recover recover some data for silence. What did we think of? Um, Landra as a as a mini villain as a as a character. Any thoughts on how they portrayed him and did did we get behind him as a baddie? Were we behind him as a bit of a you know failed goodie? I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it was any point I looked at him as being a in any way sort of a good person. It's um, no, he was always sold. Yeah, so if, uh, yeah, I was. I don't think I was ever on his side of saying you know. I don't think I ever really sort of saw much from his his side of things. I, I don't know. I just kind of always looked at him as sort of a real kind of Howard Hughes type character um, in his yeah. in his early life, and then um, obviously uh, 
later life than uh, far less kind of like desirable characteristics. But uh, no, I, I, I don't think in fairness, I wasn't obviously rooting around and reading these data points as nearly as much as um, obviously what, what you were and maybe what a lot of other people were as well. So um, I think maybe I played it in a similar fashion to what you did, Mads, whereas I really kind of just mainlined it through this story. So um, it felt this was more of a, a sort of a pursuit. Um, it felt more like it was just a, 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 a much more kind of... Um, like a very sort of expeditious pursuit after him through this game. I, I, and, I, yeah. I think as a consequence, it was just kind of, it was, I was always out to get him and um, I'm not sure there was really, would have been too much in the story that would have made me do anything other than dispatch him at the end. Mm. Yeah. Any other thoughts? What, what did you make of that section, Jim, where you really got to know him? I think it was the, was it the heaven and earth uh, mission where we had that stupid puzzle with the um oh with the, with, with the yeah with the with the door code the and door the code, yeah I th- timeline but but in that but in that mission apart leaving aside that stupid puzzle we did get to know a lot about what he did and these is his business for mining the asteroids and mm. did you find him interesting I did but I found him a little bit confusing because on one st- on on one hand you've got him. Uh, with the, this this evil sort of plan, he doesn't care about who he who he kills when he sets off this rocket. Doesn't no no one's getting in his way. He's not not bothered, and then he fires up this Horus, and and so you got on one hand like it's really sort of could be a, quite a tricky villain, and and then on the other hand he's like he's running auditions. Yeah, so, and yeah. I was like, go go for me, go go one way or another with a villain, camp it up. And have like a cheesy villain, or or go the other way. It just kind of felt a little bit confusing with it for me. It was kind of like that's where the neither. that's where the sympathy comes in, though, isn't it? The fact that he was desperately trying to find somebody. What uh, he settled in the ultimately on Kina, who looks like she's Saker's younger sister. So I was a bit grossed out by. But this is the thing he was—he was doing the whole thing in such a creepy manner uh, that you just—he was, yeah. You're never on board with that side of things. <laughs> no, no. Although I think he's more of a tragic villain rather than you know a kind of evil. Oh, I don't know. Villain. I think I—I I think I, there I was found some him quite evil. He—he he had only thoughts for himself. He—he he thought of himself as some kind oh, of god, sure, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, Everybody yeah. else was just his his pawns to move around. And he was brainwashing. I mean, even Kina that he wanted to to select for his new wife, I guess, was supposed to be brainwashed because, uh, of course, yeah. you couldn't have free will. So ah, he he was evil, evil, wasn't he? So the brainwashing as well is not a supernatural thing. So this comes from this thing called MSP yeah. that you know you will have you will have heard throughout the story. I don't know whether you guys kind of picked up on 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 some of this, but you get a lot of this from the conversation with Nova, you know, his AI that had been serving him. So MSP was something that he used back in the day because one of the big worries about this mine and these, these near earth objects was that they were going to be weaponized. So this MSP thing, this um, something suppression protocol, um, this was used as a last resort that if any groups of astronauts ever went rogue, and, and and threatened to propel one of these asteroids into the Earth as a way of extorting money, then this MSP could be used to uh, subdue them, basically, and control their minds. Uh, it was outlawed when these astronauts started showing signs of being uh, mentally altered 
as a result of this MSP. But that was what he wanted. That's why he ran back. Once he discovered the Quen, he got Nova to help him bring the MSP stuff back online so he could use it to, to brainwash the Quen. Um, so it's all well carefully thought through this stuff you know it's not so much like he's not sitting there with like a, a stopwatch going backwards <laughs> and forwards you know <laughs> hypnotizing them there is a uh, there, there is a reason for all this but you you that puzzle got a bit of heat didn't it in it that did, didn't it? yeah, yeah. well it wasn't really a puzzle was it they kind of no it was terrible yeah, yeah. Go, it was horrible I, it was like all of this game that the uh, Eli can't shut up and tell us the most obvious things the entire game through <laughs> And, and and doing it while you're trying to solve a puzzle was just infuriating. I mean, every for yeah. every single step, I actually figured it out myself two seconds before she said it. And and a couple yeah. of times, I I even I had had time to just say it to uh, my daughter who was sitting next to me, and then we would laugh when Aloy would tell us, "Yes, that's what you're supposed to do." <laughs> yeah, well, it could have been a decent little puzzle, couldn't it? If they'd have actually yeah. let the player have a go at it being a puzzle rather than yep. spoon feeding it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that on Discord. It felt like it was had the germ of being a really good puzzle. Yeah. Like one that you would have had to have gone back and forth and really search for the clues. Mm. But I, it almost felt like they got kind of halfway through and were just like, do you know what? Just give it to them. I, I can't be <laughs> yeah. asked. I can't be asked with this anymore. <laughs> like if it, it feels like this is way too way too difficult to why don't we just give them the answer? <laughs> and they just kind of tap out on it. But it's with, but, Which is a shame. But they make you do it in other areas where you'll go, there'll be a locked door and you have to go off and find a little Yeah, like a lot of the, the relic ruins and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, but there's nothing as potentially complex as this, I don't think. No, you know, but if you've committed- done those little ones, then you've got the tools, in theory, to be able to deal with a bigger version, aren't you? So just... Yeah. yeah. I think in the DLC... It spoiled what for me... Yeah, sorry, Andy. Yeah, I was going to say in the DLC here, I think it would have been a good opportunity to maybe explore these things in a bit more detail, you know, put a few mm-hmm. more puzzles in, make it a bit more cerebral, because you you probably wouldn't want that in the main game whilst, you know, it's it's so big and trying to make progress is that you probably, you know, you wouldn't want endless puzzles whilst you're trying to make your way. Oh, I wouldn't want it. But no. I, I think this is, which is the case with most DLCs, you know, it's the opportunity to maybe try a few different things and I would have quite happily have had a, a, a few more kind of, mental elements to it than what there had been so far what did you guys think generally of the mission design here as as opposed to or as compared with the the base game did you did did you guys feel any differences did you enjoy it more less just the same Mads what did you think generally a lot of uh, different kinds of missions like with the water wing where it was uh there was one way through. You need needed to go get from from A to B, and they've uh, picked yeah. out a route for you, and you need to to follow that. I had a few of those, and and they kind of annoyed me because I like the freedom yeah. in this game instead of uh, being yeah. scripted like that. But on on the other hand, I I mainlined this. I only played story missions. I just wanted to uh, see the story, and that the as I've talked about so many times before, that gives you a a better sense of urgency, and that the story actually mm. matters. So so in that way, I kind of enjoyed the story, just the, the progression and the and the structure. And I I never apart from that one mission with the water wing where you have to stay on the water to avoid the yeah it's the missiles that that yeah. annoyed the hell out of me. But apart from that, yeah. n- none of the missions actually annoyed me i actually quite kind of enjoyed going through it but it was it was more scripted wasn't it more, more linear some way 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what did you think, Andy? Did you just generally on the feel of playing through the the the, the missions from a gameplay perspective? Did you did you enjoy them? I did. Yeah, and I think similar to what Mads was saying, I, I played it in a similar fashion, and so. I quite liked it. There was a few false summits whilst you were kind of on this pursuit of him where you thought, right, this is it, we're on to the final. But there was actually one time I actually looked it up to see how many missions there ultimately were because there was a couple of points yeah. where I thought, right, this is great. We're about to confront Laundry here and then there'd be some reason why that didn't <laughs> quite yet happen. Um, He's escaped again, yeah. the slippery bugger. Yeah, so I, I think probably from in terms of the structure and the length of it, I actually, I, I thought it was, it was about right for me for... The, the amount of time I had available and how I wanted to play it also. I thought it was good. I think mm. the probably the one part that I... Well, it's, it's wrong to say I didn't like it. The part that I would have liked to have had more time for was at the at the end there, once you're in the, the dinosaur park, basically. I would have liked to have had more mm, yeah. time to go and probably rummage around it. I think there was quite a few additional elements to it that you could go and see these... Um, Something that, like the yeah. rapids and all these other bits and bobs to it that yeah. I just didn't get. I, d- I don't know how much additional content there actually was through that. I'm not entirely sure, but there wasn't a huge amount of additional content. I don't think, but there's still pl- plenty of stuff to look around. Yeah, yeah. Um, pl- you know, plenty of collectibles to find, and um, you know, a lot of um, environmental storytelling. Actually, you know, a few data points, but more more a case of looking at what's around. And right. It's basically a massive uh, production facility isn't it turned into a museum yeah. uh, pangea park pangea park yeah <laughs> um yeah no no issues on the, the, the sort of the mission structure or pacing i wouldn't have said yeah jim did you have any fun with the bosses any any particular spiky ones there's there's that one on the top of the tower isn't it which i really loved there's a different kind of boss with the one, one with the was get... it three water wings that you have to take out was it that one there's what so the one at the top of the tower is when you're fighting the thing, like the 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 machine, and you've got to climb up and you've got to attack it from behind and destroy its heat sinks. It's almost like a kind of mini version of the uh, of the Horus battle later. Mm. Uh, then there's the fight against Zeth, isn't there? In the ascension, where you get hall. the gauntlet from, which was when you get the spectacle. Yeah, gauntlet. I thought that was yeah, a nice little. I like, like I like that it's fight. Good. Yeah, yeah, and then you have to find the doors, don't you, to be able to sort of get get to him. There's like a little yeah, bit of yeah, environment- a bit of a maze, yeah, a little it? bit of an environmental maze sort of thing where you have to find. Is it four doors? I think there was that you have to find. Yeah, three or four. I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then there's the apex slaughter spine, isn't there? That Laundra throws at us just before the final. Yeah, a lot of deaths. The, the final, a lot of deaths <laughs> with that slaughter spine. <laughs> I, I like that battle I, I because think about- they used the environment quite well there. There's there's a new mechanic in the, the Burning Shores that some stuff you can shoot with your uh, arrows. Yeah. It's like the, what was it called, though, those things? It's that like unstable pre- um, fire gleam no, or something, it's isn't the it? Yeah, it's like the fire gleam, yeah, like really, but you can yeah. ignite it just with an arrow, any arrow, really. Yeah. So so uh, they those are placed so that you can make huge piece of rock fall over the monsters and yeah if you use that yeah. in that fight they're they're like seven eight places around this this arena where you can use that against this lord of spine it becomes a lot easier yeah. I, I died there at least a handful of times before i finally figured mm. out ah that's what they want me to do here and again i felt that it was more linear because to me it felt like this battle i, I wouldn't be able to win it without using that i i needed to you to do it in the way that they've scripted it to do but but 
yeah. here I enjoyed it. So it was good fun when I finally yeah. got it down. Were you using yeah. any of yeah. the brim shine, brim shine, brim stone, brim shine, brim shine? I haven't used yeah. a single one of them. <laughs> oh, brim shine wow. is the new currency. Yeah, they were pretty decent by the time you had those powered up and uh, okay. like you're doing like thousand plus damage with some of the precision mm. arrows and stuff you could just absolutely oh, yeah. boss stuff with it maybe I that was yeah. why I, I had a bit of a hard time getting that uh, thing down without using the environment then yeah you're, you're still <laughs> using especially your if you trigger the, I, I just mainlined the entire story I didn't buy any new weapons or anything I just oh uh, did you not tracked on no yeah there's some good new yeah, weapons around. a couple yeah. of good suits as well I've got a couple of good cauldrons, suits if there are any of those there yeah there's one cauldron Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, I I, it, I had been all horizoned out. I loved this, but but uh, <coughs> enough now. Yeah. <laughs> that that is fair. So, there's a there's a hell of a lot of games. So Mads and Andy, did neither of you did the side side quest? Is three side quests? I did maybe the first maybe, yeah. side quest. I think the one where you had to. Um. There was. I'm trying to think. What was the first one? Was this the one we had to go and meet one of the. You went off on the island. There was that little splinter group that was out on the island, and there was the guy who, yeah, yeah. Um, so to the guy who'd left the group to die, and then he said they were attacked. That's right. But, yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah, I went. I did that, but I don't think I did any ones beyond that. I want to see. Okay, Chris, did you you did all three. Can you remember yeah. what order you did them? And the reason I'm asking is because the last one I did after I beat Londra. Yeah. Oh, and right. I wasn't sure okay. if that no. triggered bef- after you beat him, or you can do it before because the dialogue in the mission was reflective of that Londra was dead. Like Aloy was saying, "No, Londra's dead now." You know, it was all just. Like oh, that's a, really cool. Was, and I just wondered so, if no, that I was did the same for. No, so I did it before. Ah, I did it before. so. Cool. I that triggers. So you need to do that third. That triggers the upgrade for the spectacles right, that you yeah. get the upgrade. From the or you get the part that will upgrade the spectacle from the guy who you the the boss of that. It's essentially a rebel camp, yeah. isn't it? That there are and there are a few others dotted around the map. But yeah, so so yeah, so I did that triggers once you once you've got the spectacle that that opens up. Does that get does uh, it give it quite so. a significant boost the uh, gauntlet? Yeah, right. Because I, I thought I I didn't use it really again once after that after <laughs> I picked it up. Is I thought this is oh this is great. You kind of you'll be able to go and absolutely decimate things with it now. But it wasn't that. It was nowhere near as powerful as what my bows and arrows oh. were. No, it didn't oh. feel as powerful. No, I, as, I kept uh, forgetting about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I kept forgetting I had it and was like, oh yeah, the spectacle. Yeah, you know, and it's the. The one advantage of the spectacle is that you can shoot whilst gliding. Oh, okay. So if you're if you're gliding down and you see like a uh, one of the new uh, machines called those big bile like things, the uh, bile guts, yeah, the bile guts. You see a bile gut down beneath you. You the spectacle can essentially if you, if you hit it in the right place and you because you can lock on. You can put that little target lock on. Say it's like it's explosive sack, and then you can just. You don't really then have to think about where you're aiming because it'll just track to the uh, oh, to the home and beacon. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, there are a couple of new yeah. moves that you can do. That one of them I thought was really cool. The one where they go down into like a critical state, and then you can um, yeah. you can sort of fire over to them. Yes, yeah, like a distant critical that's strike. It, yeah, it? yeah. What do they call it? Grapple, grapple strike. Yeah, grapple strike. Yeah, they call it. Yeah. So there's a few little because that. 
that is an issue, isn't it? Because if you've got like an if you've got a bow that has a high knockdown power, and you're shooting from afar, yeah, there's no good knocking down a machine if you're you know if you're a mile away because you're never going to get over to it to critical strike. Yeah, no, it, so that kind of addresses that mechanical issue of not being able to get close enough that you can knock them down and then you can grapple strike over and it does massive yeah, damage. Definitely, it makes yeah, those because like some of them, some of the bows had like big boosts. Where uh, if, yeah. if you could you could get like a big boost on your damage if you was like shooting an untriggered enemy, yeah, and then it, it brought that into play more. So yeah, so I think you could do that in Forbidden West, but I think the part of the skill tree, and we wouldn't have. I had Burning Shores installed right from the very start, but I think that was added to the skill tree by the DLC, oh, okay. but obviously if you've had Ben and Shaw's installed the whole time. Yeah. You could unlock it earlier, yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't know okay. because you know we we'd always we'd always had it. There's an increased level cap as well. Obviously we talked about this last time. But the level cap is sixty without Ben and Shaw's it's fifty. Okay. Um did, did we all hit the level cap? No, I'm just oh. short about fifty seven I think. Yeah, but, I think it was. Oh, well, you got to carry on now, mate. Get a trophy for this. Yeah, I know, but I've got to. I'm going to go back anyway and finish. Um, I've got another. I've got Aaron's side mission. He's the last one, and he's waiting. He's waiting oh, for me to go and do a do a do a, a battle. So I've got that to uh, Jim's to, to do. So that's getting G- done. Jim's not I, horizon. Yeah. Jim's not horizon out. He's ready. Yeah, man, it's the, it's that gate. I love it's the game world, isn't it? Which we'll, we'll come yeah. on to in a bit. But you know, the, the second side quest is one, and this is what I've I loved about Forbidden West is when it just, you know, like the the cauldron that morphs into the tall neck. Mm. Probably, pro- maybe my favourite moment in the whole game is seeing that tall neck emerge from that cauldron. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Not not to the same scale, but the second side quest you get, you think you're doing a relic ruin. You are doing a relic ruin, a very simple relic ruin, but it kind of morphs into a side quest where we meet um i forget the name of the guy i should have written it down remember the guy in did you, you did this jim right this second one where where you meet the guy who was in um frozen wilds he was trapped in the dam yes yeah remember? i know you remember he's kind of he was a delver who was rubbish and he kept getting locked in places yeah. and aloy saved him in the dam well, he's now locked in this place <laughs> in the Burning Shores. And you just hear someone knocking on a door whilst you're doing this relic ruin. And when you go and investigate, it turns into a side quest. And I, I, that's what I think is, that's what I really enjoyed. Those little moments when it just kind of subverts expectation and you think, okay, well, I thought this was going to be a complex relic ruin. It's actually a really simple relic ruin and I've done it. And now I'm doing a side quest that I didn't even know was there and like that. Because it all feels, it doesn't feel like, right, I've done a relic ruin and now I'm going to do a bandit camp. And there is still a lot of that in the game where you think, right, relic ruin, bandit camp, cauldron, it's all very separate, tall neck. What I love is when they all kind of just flow into one and it's like, well, that relic ruin now merges into a cauldron and you, like that is... I love that kind of design is when they piece it all together and you're just flowing from one activity yeah, to another. Yeah. I'd got no interest it's in really any of the collectible cool. side of things in in this one. Did you do anyone do any of the aerial captures, which is another new thing no. here? The no. work with the Huno? 
so the aerial captures they're like the this the but it's the burning shores version of the uh, vista points no no <laughs> didn't like the vista points either no they, they blew it they blew their chance of that yeah um no so we, so the yeah no, to say to what you had to fly around and find specific points and kind of align yourself in yeah that. so so it's all done from the air, as you as I suggest with aerial capture. So you find a trigger point, and then you it's a it's a bit oh, it's a bit annoying. So then you've got to follow this path, which it shows you like a um, like a flight path in Microsoft Flight Simulator, right? That you've got to follow, and you've got to follow this path to the end point, and then and then. If you stray too far, it says, "Oh, you were too far away from the path. You've got to go back and start again." So I can imagine it's the kind of thing that would absolutely desperately get on Mads's nerves. Is it timed um, or but it, is there what's? No, it's not timed. You've just got to follow. It kind of weaves up and and in, and it's not difficult right. to follow the path. I think I failed one of them once, but it's not difficult. You just got to follow the flight path, and then you get to the end. But what what's cool about it is while you're on the flight path, it triggers like various audio bits of story, um, which is which is you know it's not essential story, but it's nice world building flavor text. And then you get to the uh, trigger point, the end, and then you it triggers a like a vista, like a a vista to look at, um, similar to the vista points. It's just a different way of of doing it. There's five of those. I only could only find two. I, I I didn't I didn't persist to find the others, but I scoured that map and nowhere did I find the other three. I could have looked it up on a map, but I didn't. Uh, I felt like I've been everywhere. I even wondered whether they might be underwater. The trigger points. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt like I looked everywhere. Uh, and then there were those little raptors that were around, the little dinosaurs, collectible dinosaurs yep. that normally had a little puzzle involved. Anyone collect any of those? No, not intentionally. Only if I sort of stumbled across. I think across I collected anything. one by accident. Yeah. Yeah, someone showed up in the map, but I never made. I never got around to going to collect it. So the little twist with these was if you looked at, if you examined them, they came with a little note. And then if you in Pangaea Park, there was a quiz. There was a Dino Digits quiz. Ah, okay, so that's what that relates to, right? Yeah, that year there was a load of questions that you could answer, and the answers were on your little dinosaur statues. Ah. What do you get ultimately for completing it? I only did. I I only did three of them. Right. So I only did three. There was one that I couldn't find the door code, and. uh, yeah, I like this. Probably takes us into so, so you know we we've we've been playing this for many many hours between us. You, did you guys feel a bit of fatigue in the DLC? We Matt, you just mentioned about mainline in it. Was it the case of Horizoned out now? See, I, I really enjoyed it all the way through, and I loved the DLC. So, but but still, yes, I I, I had enough. I didn't feel like. Uh, I felt like going through the story because it was interesting here, but I didn't feel like seeking out more. I didn't feel like going into any cauldrons or side missions or anything like that. No, I, I must admit, I even skipped most of the, um, what they call the audio points, audio data points that you pick up. Uh, if they were audio, the I'd missions? listen to them because then I could run around and do stuff. But if they were text, <laughs> I'd just skip them. I didn't want to read anymore. <laughs> Were we all feeling the same, Andy? Were yeah, very much. So I think I, I, a lot of the kind of the lore of this passed me by because, um, 
like say largely due to time constraints it's just and I think maybe that's one of the issues with it which you know we'll, we'll ultimately get onto is that um it wasn't so much it wasn't fatigue with this game it's uh, I, 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 it was like almost like a growing sense of frustration is that I would like to have been able to have basically played it deeper than what I ultimately was able to and it wasn't at no point was there ever the sense of the combat especially is just you know god knows how many hours we've put into this game now and i still absolutely i still go looking for fights basically just to go off and mm. uh, explore all the, the the mechanics on that side of things and that's even i haven't even unlocked all the uh, the mechanics in this game but yeah i think absolutely there was not for the the obvious reasons but a, a sense of yeah to put a better or to put a word on it yeah feeling off um, ready to move on to something else, I think, or, or yeah, ready to ready to wrap it up, I think, rather than ready to move on. Yeah. Did you carry on playing on easy on this? I story? did. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. um, again, just the each time I sat down to play it, uh, I really needed to make sure that I kind of made progress. So as much as it was yeah. with the main game, there was no time to sit and have five six seven ten yeah. goals at things it was just thought no i'll just you know i've i've i've, <laughs> I've, I've basically you know i've played it on the um the story mode for well however many hours i put into the main game i was like might as well just carry on with it for all the time there is in the dlc here and it allowed me to see more of it ultimately which was the most mm-hmm. important thing but i just say well, what's your playtime overall well i did have a look you i know? think what did we finish up on at the end of the main game, because I wasn't that far off you guys, I don't think. Were we about 60 hours at the end yeah. of the first? Yeah, about 70, I think, something like that, yeah. I've probably I done about, yeah. 15 to 20 on Burning Shores. 15, I reckon, probably. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah so I think I finished yeah, the main just under, eight. I think it was 58, 59 hours on the main game, and I was probably probably about a dozen hours into this, I would have thought it was, um, yeah. it was a fairly expeditious playthrough, but very enjoyable one well you 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 say expeditious but 72 hours for your 40 or 50 quid spent is feels like a reasonable return mm. doesn't it, on your on your investment oh absolutely and this is you know we talked about this in the previous episode is that i would like nothing more to have spent my 60 quid and to have got every last drop out of it because yeah. it's a game that you would actually or i would have enjoyed stuff like going off and collecting all the data points and stuff i love that at the end of the game just going yeah. off Around a map, yeah. and you know, especially if you've got the guidebook or whatever, and you've got all the actual <laughs> physical locations, is it is it is an excuse to go and revisit the entire map as you go to all the different corners and pick these things up? And more often than not, you do stuff happen across some random little ambient event or something that reminds you just what a wonderful mm-hmm. game it is. Yeah, yeah, and you the same, Jim. I mean, you 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 sound like you're less less ready to close the book on it given that you you may well pop back in and finish off the errands yeah i think i i think i need a new game basically to to stop to make me draw a line under it so (laughs) yeah like the the collecting side of things and and the aerial viewpoints it's never really been for you that has it no but the actual combat side of it and um so like i did all the side stuff the the main missions obviously the cauldron and when I'd done that and I'm sat around like, I don't know, like 85, 90 hours, whatever it was, I went back into uh, into the Forbidden West and started on the bandit camps that I'd missed Yeah. with all the new, um, with all the new abilities that I'd unlocked. So yeah, I think I just, I need that. I need a new game now to just make me <laughs> want to stop. <laughs> like enough's enough sort of thing. Well, it is, 
It is coming. It is coming. Matt's just holding up his phone. What's he showing us? Um, I've just, uh, for, for once, I actually know how many hours I've put in. 83 hours I've been playing Forbidden West. That's, a, uh, that's more that's than I've chunk. played Breath of the Wild, I guess. Something like that, at least. Yeah. Is that so, through yeah, the PS app, is game. it? Matt, so that game. tells you that. Once again, 80? Yeah, is that what, yeah, what's that on the PSN app, is it? Yeah, that was just on the PS app, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think I was at 100 and 116 hours, I think, in the end mm. with it, which which is which is officially the longest I've ever played, barring the likes of Championship Manager and FIFA and those persistent yeah, games. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's the it's the most I've ever played any game. Yeah, so Breath of the Wild, I think I was 101. Okay, 75 hours, yeah. 75. See, even even you know, you say an expeditious playthrough, playing it on story mode, <laughs> it can still take up 75 yeah, so hours. I, I should I should qualify that. I should life. say expeditious for me. I think that's the uh, you know I, I and I think that's maybe uh, it sounds quite so petulant, but I think it was kind of because I was quite keen to wrap it up because I knew I couldn't play the game the way I would ultimately like to have been able to play it. Like I seem yeah. to really have gone off and sort of you know found every last thing i would have loved to have got another platinum on this and to uh, got on 100 percented it but not to be not for now it, it may well be a game that i continue to chip away at i say this but i won't there's there's others i'll need to do but i still think that's more than i put into uh zero dawn i think i was about that was yeah i think i think i was oh yeah i mean i was about 80 zero dawn yeah 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 yeah, but 75, maybe. So, to be, I mean, it's unquestionably a bigger game than Zero Dawn. One of the things that Ben Shores does have going for it, actually, it, it, it's it's far less dense. There's yeah. one cauldron, there's there's three side quests, you know, there's one relic ruin. There's far, there's, it, it's far more manageable, you know, if you want to just pick away at the side stuff. But if you want to just mainline the story, you've got about five or six hours of content, and that's fine. No, no, for no, the story no, no, no. Is, You've got a lot more than five or six hours. You said that before I started it. It took me 12 at least. <laughs> just playing the story missions. Just playing missions. the story missions of Burning Shores is, is nowhere near five or six hours. I, I, that You said that, and that made me think that I was uh, through the entire thing when I met that uh, dinosaur-like, that, what was it called again? The Apex. The Apex yeah. Lord of Spine. That, because you said uh, five or six hours, I said, oh, well, I guess I'm done now but no no i wasn't <laughs> one thing that we haven't mentioned that we really should is the biggest part of this story of course is is aloy falling in love so the first new character that we meet in the uh ben and shores is uh a, a lady called seika who is a quen who is uh who's on her own mission of sorts there's a huge amount of parallelism between Aloy and Sega. Very deliberate mm. setup like that. She she's like, in some ways, she's a mirror image of, of of Aloy. Although she doesn't have the existential problem hang, hanging over it. Her problem is that her sister is missing. We've already mentioned Kina. She was the one who Londra was auditioning to be uh, to be the new Mrs. Londra. <laughs> uh, her sister her sister's missing. She's managed to stumble upon a focus, which she shouldn't have because she's a soldier. She's not a diviner. Um, and, and because of that, she's in trouble with the group of Quen called the Compliance. We see this kind of story. Jim and Jim and I were talking about it at EGX. It's been mentioned on Discord. This kind of story where you have this little faction who's really kind of, you know, stickler for the rules. And then you've got this... You know this this kind of you know, semi rebellious character like Saker who's looking for a family member. It's been done lots and lots. If you've played all the side content, you've the evil CEO. This kind of 
Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff, you know, there is a lot thematically a lot of this stuff is although the characters are different, I think thematically and structurally a lot of it does does well, there is definitely some repetition. Um, but Saker is far more fleshed out, I think, as an NPC than the many, many that we've seen in the game, even in this relatively short space of time. I think they do more with Saker's character than, I think anyway, than they do with a lot of the other NPCs, you know, even ones that we've met, you know, over the course of the, you know, we've known throughout the whole of the two games. And that's because she, I think she's massively important to way that where they wanted to go with Aloy's character and where they might want to take Aloy's character in future. I think given Aloy this someone who humanizes her and can who she falls in love with is uh I think I think massively important for Aloy's character development. What what would you I mean what what did you guys make of Saker as a character and, and in terms of how that develops with Aloy over the course of the game. Andy, what did you immediately think, oh, here we go, this is Aloy's moment? Did it was it obvious from the start? Well I think unfortunately, which is next impossible to avoid these days, is that I was aware that she had a love interest. Um because okay. but I think because was it not was it not similar to The Last of Us? Was there not a lot of pushback or I say a lot, there was some pushback and criticism of Burning Shores from the the uh, the basement dwellers that um, oh, thankfully I don't read any of that book. Well, so I, I I had seen this at some point that there was there was a bit of um, negative feedback about all of this as a consequence, and so I was aware that there was a female love interest at some point, and so it obviously it did become apparent. So I, I I I was expecting this to happen, but no, I think you know credit where it's due is that I think that uh, I I like Sika as a character. I thought she was a good character. Full stop. I think kind of her. Her, her motivations throughout were pretty sound, I think. I think it was there weren't really any points yeah. that sort of really kind of stretched the imagination or the sort of the um the realms of what you know as to why she would be doing things or how she would be going about them. Um I I, mm. I think where this game maybe struggles a wee bit, I think, is that sometimes just because of how it's done, is that I sometimes find that because a lot of the act the interactions happen in game it sometimes doesn't carry as much weight as when you get it through mm. a cut scene because I had it a few times where yeah. there, was, there was, I don't think which which conversation it was that we're having. It was just kind of in the build-up to it, um, sort of when it was kind of reaching kind of a, a, a peak in their relationship. And I, I think about it being when I'd gone to meet her again and they started having a conversation, but whilst they were having their scripted conversation, I must have triggered something else in the environment and Aloy started talking out loud, like commenting on something completely random in the background <laughs> while Seika was having this quite serious conversation with her. And that, that, that's, that's happened... Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times in this game where it, it's, I guess it's the price you pay for sort of almost being... for mm. being kind of in-game and in-engine the whole time. Um Hmm. But I thought it was very, very nicely done at the end, where it ultimately did kind of. I think that was that was done through a cutscene, wasn't it? And I think that was yeah, that was. was really sort of quite a powerful moment. One of the one of the most powerful moments, I think, of of the the, the series of games that we've played in in the franchise. Yeah, yeah. it gives you the choice yeah. at the end, doesn't it? Whether to. Uh, to, yeah. to seal the deal with a, with a kiss or just to sort of I did wonder I, I thought just even just for, for the sake of playing devil's advocate I thought <laughs> did, did anybody did anybody knock her back or was it the case I think we did everybody the 
did we all did we all do the did we all do the yeah go yeah. for it yeah. kind of because she basically propositions it doesn't yeah. she and you get the option to say I'm not ready or no this is not for me or <laughs> ah, go on yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm gonna have to look at a YouTube video of what the uh, dialogue is if you do choose one of those other options because it feels like. If it, I mean, this feels like a major kind of canonical moment, mm. right? That mm. really should follow through now into into Horizon Three. Yeah. In fact, one of the clips we're going to hear from Morpin talks about his doubts actually that they are going to follow through on the whole Saker thing. I'd be desperately disappointed now if we didn't see Saker in Horizon Three. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to. Yeah, I, I, I love the the Saker character, <clears throat> and I really like the way that the the romance slowly gets yeah. going because you you can pick up on it quite e- quite easily early on with the small yeah. things and even more small comments that Aloy makes when she's on her own actually when she's just yeah. finished a mission with Seika and I, I love that build up I, I find that Seika was yeah. the character that the 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 I forget her name but the the Sunhawk of uh, Meridian you know that the the female Sunhawk that we help in uh, uh, Talana 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 yeah she was she mm. was the the character that Talana should have been I mean Talana yes. felt like she should have been a love interest in in Zero uh, Dawn yeah. really but she wasn't, and she wasn't acted so well. Whereas I feel that the no. the, the girl who uh, voice acts Seika is doing it a lot better, and and actually getting these uh, these little awkward moments, these little. Uh, I think Morpin said it best in our chat at some point. It was uh, great to see uh, Aloy, the the world conqueror who saves the world all the time, being a. Uh, uh, just, just an awkward uh, in love yeah, teenager, quite, and, and occasionally, occasionally <laughs> yeah. a little flustered as well. Where she was, you could yeah, see she exactly. just didn't, you know, what do I do now type thing, and she just looked yeah, a bit yeah. like a rabbit in the headlights at various see, points. And, and that goes for both of them, both yeah. Seika and Aloy. So I, I thought it was so, so well done. So I, I had a little tear in my eye. I, I wasn't just an, an uh, a stone, stone cold guy like Jim. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, I think that it didn't didn't get me at all, and I think that's part of the reason they left it too late. So this the whole burning shores section was very. I didn't know about any of like the romance side of it or anything like that, but it was very on the nose. I saw it coming a mile away for the first time. Aloy's not thinking about this sort of overarching mission. She's, well, I wonder what Seika's up to now. Oh, no, I shouldn't be thinking about it. <laughs> it, was, it all felt really sort of on the nose mm. in that. I think they should have just, it would have been more interesting if they'd have given Aloy a little bit more internal conflict in the main side of things. So she's got that overarching mission with, with the end of the world being all intense, but she's also got that little bit of internal concert, uh, conflict where she's got like a bit of a love interest. So I think by leaving it this late, they've almost, dehu- to me, maybe dehumanized her too much. I don't know if that makes, if that makes sense. I do, no, I do, I do see what you mean. I feel like they, this was obviously going to be always going to be a huge part of the DLC. They obviously had it in their minds very early on that Aloy was going to meet this character and she was going to fall in love. So it felt like they had, you know, whether it be 12 hours, whether it be six hours, whatever whatever span you've got there for the DLC is the period in which Aloy needs to go from meeting someone to completely fall in head over heels, and that was always going to present a challenge because it was always the plan. 
So I I can understand Jim why you would might find it a bit jarring that we've always laughed, haven't we? That Aloy, everyone fancies Aloy. Yeah. Uh, yeah everyone as uh, always. You always felt like everyone who meets Aloy is attracted to her, and, and you know why wouldn't you be? She's this amazing, saving the world. She's beautiful, uh, and then all of a sudden she meets the Saker who is. You know, and then all of a sudden, you no, know, she's reduced to this. You know, as Mad said, you know, this almost like a uh, like a teenage infatuated girl. Mm. Uh, I actually thought they played it really well. Is my opinion? Yeah. Uh, I, I think they actually got it spot on right. Uh, I I felt like there was little comments. You know, even when you know they do kind of admit their feelings for each other, the first thing that Aloy says is, "Look, I've got a really long road ahead of me, and I'm not really sure where that's going to take me." and you know, so it wasn't like they walked off into the sunset. I mean, quite the opposite, actually. At the very end, you know, they almost part again, and it's leaves us thinking: Are we going to see Saker at all in Horizon Three, or was it just a moment in the sun for Aloy? So I actually think they, to, for me, I and I think what made it land really well for me is that I felt like it was in keeping with Aloy's character, and I feel like for the first time in almost two hundred hours of gameplay. We've seen Aloy acting like you would expect a 20-year-old woman to act. Mm, You know, it's like when she's walking to that final meeting with Saker and she's really nervous. I mean, she's just been inside a Horus killing a guy who's a 1,000 years old. Yes, she's really nervous about going to the beach to meet Saker. Mm. And that's what made it for me really work is that it just showed us this side of Aloy that I think we all can identify with as opposed to this someone who's killed 4,000 bandits and 3,000 machines. It was like, right, okay, I get this Aloy. And this this wasn't, it doesn't seem like something they just came up with now. This seems like something that's been brewing since Zero Dawn because, I I mean, through the the games, as you say, everybody loves Aloy, but she's been brushing away all of these, uh, Mm. all of this male interest. And the only one that she's actually shown some interest in before, if you go back and look at the conversations, is Petra, Forgewoman. So, so yeah, Autolana. Autolana for that matter. Yes, Autolana. So, so it, it feels right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and and to my mind, going back to the old sexuality point, I mean, her sexu- I, I don't think her sexuality has ever been in that much doubt. No, like I've always assumed, you know, that that she she liked girls, and mm. we, as we, I think the only sniffs of I mean, romantic the obvious interest thing, of were course, with, is that we know that Chris, you chose the game, and you only choose lesbian adventures. Make, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I like my lesbian adventures, don't I? <laughs> You know, it, I'll have to see if there's a Moby Games collection of lesbian adventures so so I can make sure that we, <laughs> we get another one. Roushi. No, I don't want those kind <laughs> of lesbian adventure games. I prefer mine to be a little higher. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, definitely don't ask him then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think as a way of a way of ending, you know, our story. I, 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 this stories have. You know, like unlike Zero Dawn, for me, Forbidden West has had massive ups and downs in the story. Yeah, even in the DLC, I didn't particularly like the way Landra ended up. I thought it was all a little bit contrived. I really enjoyed the gameplay, but the story was again hit and miss. Mm. But I loved in the end what they've done with Aloy's characterization, and it really kind of ended the story on a massive high for me, which is really nice given how how much I love the game. I'm I'm really glad that my my kind of 
my takeaway from the story is something that I really appreciated the way they the way they handled. So uh, let's hope that we see more of Seika because she's brilliantly played as well. Kylie Leah Page plays Seika. She was I thought she was brilliant mm, yeah. throughout the whole of the DLC. So let's hope we see we see more of her in the inevitable Horizon Three and other games. So Call of the Mountain for next season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just need to get all our listeners to buy a PSVR two headset. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. a small investment. A, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, are you dedicated or not? Come on, people. <laughs> I do like that running animation, though. I had a go at it. <laughs> Jim was playing it at mine a couple of weeks ago at EGX. Um, it's it will never get old in my mind seeing Jim running with the VR controllers. <laughs> 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 All sorts are wrong, but we in the very the very end we have one final conversation with Silence. He summons us back to the base for a final debrief. He'd been sorting through some of the data we found from Landra, and this is where I think we do get some hints at where where Horizon Three, whenever it may surface, probably I reckon twenty twenty six, maybe maybe the swan song of the PS five. 2027 who knows uh, but we get some hints as to where they may go with the story so what he says was he uh, he finds Londres Londres theories about this um, about this idea of, of using some of these 21st century weapons so just before humanity met its end there was this really advanced kind of weapon systems that have been created by these various companies around the world and what Londra was looking to do before he decided just to hightail it out of there was to maybe go and see if he could find and repurpose some of these weapons and turn them against uh, Hades. So Silence says that's what we need to do. We need to go and find these companies. We need to go and see if these weapons are capable of being brought back online. Do they still exist? Are they in some kind of state we could get working again? And there's a globe kind of spinning around, like a virtual representation of the globe in front of him. And you see these little points as to where these companies are, and they're scattered all over the place. So could we see a a kind of globe-hopping Horizon 3 where we're going from company to company to find the this weapon to turn on nemesis i'd like that i'd like him to go that way possibly Do sort of yeah like eight nine ten um i don't know like two or three hours sort of like dungeons sort of things rather than this the big yeah, it's hard big to, massive open it's hard to imagine and... yeah i mean c- could they do something like that as opposed to making it open world like the other two games it, I don't know I think it needs to feel it needs to be different doesn't it with the next one for me it does anyway they need to do something a little bit different and that would allow them to do that it's just it could be the traversal aspect as to how you get between the two so that yeah, whether there's going to be some it, sort yeah. of technology that arrives that you're able to or silence is able yeah. to on your behalf to but I guess that's a problem is it silence isn't going to be in it is he so it's um, the well, if he is, it won't be voiced by him. Sadly, yeah, you'd suspect by, not. By so that's ready. maybe requiring a rewrite or something. I don't know, but yeah, it would be certainly part. You know, you'd need some of their their tech to be able to go on some proper globe trotting adventures. But it'd be very cool if you could. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Mads, any thoughts as to what they could do? Could we see a London? 
<laughs> or Copenhagen. It could be interesting, cool. but uh, I'm I'm sure they'd stick with the old world idea. So 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 mm, new means I of traveling. So well, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like the right way to go. But uh, yeah, so I wonder. You wonder whether it could even be some kind of you know episodic game where mm. you know instead rather than having one massive open world, they release them in. Smaller chunks, you know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd actually feels... prefer that because these eighty-hour games, it's it's too much for me these days. It's uh, there are so many games I'd like to play. So playing one game for eighty hours feels like I'm cheating on all of my Steam backlog. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much I could pick up instead. So so playing one game for eighty hours is just madness. It just feels at the moment like there's a move away from those kind of, you know, all-consuming, mm. map-mopping, open-world games that were so prevalent, you know, five, six, you know, in the previous generation of consoles. You know, you look at the, you know, how much praise Assassin's Creed Mirage got for it selling itself on it. Uh, this is a 15 to 20-hour game. S- Seb lad has just played Spider-Man 2 and finished the main story in 12 hours. Mm. So... It feels like we are moving away. I mean, yeah, there's a decide, load of side contact that he could do, but still, I think for a hundred percent, the devs have come out and said this is about thirty-five to forty hours mm. of content. So maybe by the time we get to twenty twenty-six, twenty twenty-seven, maybe open world games will have gone completely out of vogue. It's hard to know. These things are they they go around in cycles, though, don't they? So there's a yeah, there's another good chance it might have come yeah. back round and. I'll be massive again. Yeah, yeah it might be a linear point-and-click game. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? What does that be a deck builder, wouldn't it? No. Hmm? Or oh, you'd you'd love that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, in the final uh, in the final line of the DLC, Silence looks at Aloy and says, "I am grateful for your extraordinary contributions." And the door slowly closes mm. on him. I don't know whether that was a line that they had somewhere, but it feels felt massively poignant, <clears throat> given what happened earlier this year with with Lantredic. Yeah, it just felt yeah perfect, per- unintentionally probably perfect way to finish the uh, to, to finish it off. And I turned it off and thought, I am done. That I I don't want to play that anymore. That is the the perfect way for me to finish my time with it. That was, you know, with a tear in my eye, I kind of turned it off and thought, well, that that's that done. Yeah, brilliant, nice. So, gents, let's listen. We've got two listener clips here coming up. One from uh, our good friend Morpin, another from our equally good friend John V. <laughs> here they are with their final words on Horizon Forbidden West. Hi, this is Aaron Maupin with some thoughts on Burning Shores. I loved this DLC. Just because of the budding romance between Aloy and Seika, which is really all I want to talk about, other than their relationship, the new machines were so-so, Londra was a cartoonish Hollywood villain, which I guess is appropriate for the locale, the final fight against the Horus, shooting its heat sinks as it loomed over Aloy was amazing in its spectacle, but... Aloy and Seika's relationship made the DLC for me. I don't feel like we see as much emotion from Aloy in Forbidden West as we did in Zero Dawn, and I didn't know how much I wanted to see this side of Aloy until I did see it here. 
That said, I think the developers did this relationship a disservice. By hinting at it with in-game dialogue moments only, the emotion is there, but (laughs) the characters' faces are like stone. All but one of these went over my head, so it was almost a complete surprise to me when Aloy made the first move by touching Seika's shoulder and awkwardly calling her great. I might be a bit thick because others on the Discord picked up on it. Um, I didn't. I really think there should have been a moment in a cinematic where maybe Aloy admired Seika for a few seconds. Something like that. One thing the game does well is that Seika is such a competent NPC in fights. I was in love with her almost from the beginning. She doesn't throw arrows at Aloy every 10 seconds. She ties down machines. She attaches explosive canisters to them. She complemented my playstyle perfectly. It more than makes up for her lack of character detail. As Jim said, she's just another NPC with a lost family member for Aloy to rescue. I really disliked... Aloy and Seika's sudden parting at the end. It makes no sense. If Aloy can go off exploring burning shores between every quest, she can spend a few hours with Seika. And who cares about reuniting the Quinn fleet? The world is ending. We need all hands on deck and Seika would be a perfect addition to the team. I'm afraid that the developers are going to treat Aloy and Seika's relationship like a summer fling. The city kid goes on vacation in a resort town and falls in love with a local. They have an amazing connection, but then vacation's over and they have to part, never to see each other again. I hate that plot so much. If Seika isn't in the third game or only shows up in a few quests like, for example, Talana did in Forbidden West, I will be sorely upset. Thanks to Chris for taking us through this amazing game. Well done. Thanks to the other hosts and, of course, to all the good folks on Discord. You guys make playing these games an amazing experience. Hi there, it's uh, John here, John V from the Discord group. And I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West for many months. Zero Dawn was a game that I invested many hours in. I even got a platinum trophy for it. So I started with a bit of a concern, not it would live up to expectation, but far too much time would be eaten up by it. Initial impressions were good, very familiar feelings to the first game, felt like a truly next-gen game with excellent graphics and no loading time walking in and out of locations. start of the game was a very linear intro tutorial, and I was just waiting for it to open up and give it some freedom. It introduced me to the new pullcaster mechanic, Nah, bit meh. But it had some variety to the climbing. Once in the open world, I was in a more familiar place from the first game, soon accumulating quite an overwhelming list of side quests and stuff to do. Quite impressed with how the conversation with characters in the game changed depending on which side quests you'd done or how far through the story you had progressed. Familiar favourites were still there. Cauldrons, bandit camps, initial additions like relic wounds were fun, but they soon outstayed their welcome. Other things like melee pits, machine strike I didn't engage with at all, and gauntlet runs, they just seemed so out of place. But that's the great thing about this game. Other people have enjoyed other aspects of it. I mainly played using the hunter and sharp shot bows, upgrading them when I could. Other people could have used weapons and traps. A true role-playing game, then. 
One thing missing from the first game was the weapon challenges, where you, which you would get when you encountered a new weapon type. This may have encouraged more engagement with a wider variety of weapons. Pacing of the story and the quest content was all over the place, perhaps not helped by the usual open-world problem of having to save the world, but also being interested in doing days and days and days of side quests looking for missing objects for people. Lots of things were blocked off at the start of the game, and it seemed like an age before you could swim underwater and cut vines away. And what's going on with that anyway? I could take down the thunder jaws, but vines, ooh, scary. Flying was a great experience, but came so late in the game. Thank goodness for the DLC. You could fly from the start, and as a much more constrained experience was probably slightly better for it. The ending, though, didn't fill me with hope of something radically different story-wise for the next game. Strongly hints at exploring old world ruins to get stuff to defeat baddies again. Eh. As a world to spend time in, it's a fantastic experience. As a game, the challenge was slightly missing for me, playing on normal level. I seemed quite overpowered much of the time and didn't need to engage with healing outside of the medicinal berries. The game is at its best when you have a challenge to tackle a mission any way you like. Bandit camps are a good example of this. Some of them I just charged in, killing everything in sight. Others, I used stealth and took out just the leader. Failed attempts had me try and use overridden machines to take out the bandit camp. It'd be Really interesting to see what the developers do with the Horizon World Next. A multiplayer game. A more linear adventure. A real-time strategy game building and controlling machines. A return to the timeline of the Clan Wars. Just hoping that my next game experience is going to be slightly shorter than the last few months. Right, so there we go. Thank you, Morbin. Thank you, John V. Superb, guys. Really appreciated it. A massive thank you to everybody on Discord over the past few months. It's been months since we started Forbidden West. We've all been stamina, stoic stamina on display here as we play through it. I think, I think everyone who's played it has, has loved it to varying degrees. I know we have. Uh, and Horizon 3 is coming you know we'll see where they take it and no doubt if we're still going in five years we'll be playing it (laughs) talking about it we'll all be older by then Jim's ready Jim's ready to play Horizon 3 yeah I might be I don't know if I'm going to make it to be honest I've got a bit of cramp now in me (laughs) (laughs) you're always relying Jim to bring the old man chat here he comes we'll still be going in five years I'm sure so we are now going to have a change of pace, and I think we'd, we'll all appreciate that. A very different kind of game coming up to close our season five, I think. Yeah, five, yeah. This is four. I think. No, this is five, isn't it? This is five. Mads loves the number. What is it, Mads? I bet this is four, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So to close us out for this season, whatever season it is, is it's over to Andy Gilmore, who's got something completely different for us, haven't you, mate? And now for something completely different. <laughs> Indeed. Exactly. A man with three exactly. buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> and four testicles. Um, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Chris, And uh, also thank you so much for all your hosting duties on... Do you want conclusions on this? Do you want our conclusions that we're doing at the end? 
Have we concluded our conclusion? Yeah, we'll do it at the end. You introduce Hades and then we'll have a final a final rattle round to take us over to Yeah, hours. nice. No worries at all. But, but maybe important. Chris should introduce it because he's been cheating, hasn't he? Well, this is it, Chris, I'm what can you tell us about me. Hades? Because obviously none of us have played it up until this point. So no. it's really this is, right. This that's is enough, the Chris. Chris is now off. That, like you're getting muted for the next three minutes. Um, I'll keep this short because I've only played about three hours of it. The yeah. same person that chastised three hours more than the rest of us for going a yeah. little bit over on the uh, yeah. On this horizon. is it. It's what happened to yep. stringent Chris. Yeah, we've been. I got bored of waiting for you all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fair play. Anyways, so <laughs> I will g- <laughs> I will give you just the briefest of the details here, and then obviously what's become our fairly standard format is that we'll give a brief introduction and a bit of the background to it on the first episode of the new game itself. But what we can do... What is the game, Andy? You've already told everybody it's Hades. Oh, okay. It's... Just in, just it's check. still Hades. I haven't. I, I should have thrown in a last minute change here, actually, Chris, just so that you can. Oh yeah, you can have played it. Yeah. Um, I don't, stop yeah. press. We've been playing Horizon for that long. I didn't know if Hades two had come out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about, yeah, this is, I was just thinking about that. I think at the time that we started playing Horizon, I've subsequently I've got a fully renovated house. My children have started school. This is like this is, <laughs> yes, this, is <laughs> this is how long ago things started. Um, so before I do, uh, this is really just to give a heads up as to what we'll be playing. Obviously, Hades we have now clarified is available on just about everything. Um, as a heads up, if you're planning on playing it or buying it through Steam, I think it is on sale with fifty percent off until the second of November. So this episode may be out just in time, but if not, it's, it has been posted in our Discord anyway. So hopefully, you've picked that up if you were planning on getting on that. But otherwise, it seems to be on just about everything. It's on Xbox, PS5, Switch, etc. Um, Gents, what are you, each of you going to play it on? Have you decided I'm on the Series X? I'm on the Switch. Switch. Yeah, Switch. Switch. I've completed it on the Switch. No, I haven't completed it, no. Uh, I've uh, Yeah, I've played a couple of hours on the Switch. Nice, good. Oh, well, we'll get a wee bit of a, a cross-section there. Um, a massive thanks in advance to... Reese, Reese Wynn, friend of the show, long-time listener, long-time contributor. Um, I was in touch with him as much the same you were with, was it yeah. Scott? Scott yeah, they gave us a waypoint to this. So yeah, um, basically, I was in touch with Reese. He has, well, two advantages. He's played the game. He hasn't completed it, but I'm not sure there is such a thing with this game. We'll find out if there is or not. But also he knows our podcast he knows the format of our podcast and so he's given me some recommended staging points it's probably worth pointing out at this point that for anybody who has played the game i'm sure will have their own way of what they think is the best way to play it we basically have to commit to something and i think because this game is kind of so open-ended something's better than nothing in in terms of giving it some structure so we'll go with this we'll see how it plays we'll play it by ear if we need to change things as we go along we will do so so It'll be a minimum of two podcasts, but possibly three. So the way we're going to do it will be, this will make more sense as we start getting into it, I guess. So Reese suggests he put about 30 hours into the game so far. Um, apparently there's a large, or the game mechanic largely revolves around replaying and replaying and replaying. Um, he thought maybe about the first half or three quarters of the game was of his progress was about 15 hours. So that probably is quite a good stopping point for the first episode. So this will make more sense as we play it, but 
the first podcast recording and for the staging point it is up until the end of Elysium. That will hopefully That's make cool. more sense. No, we've already seen the end of that one. Mm-hmm. And we only what need happens? to see it once. <laughs> what happens if, say, you have like a miracle run and hit? You won't. Right? Okay. You won't. No. They probably I've thought got no that idea what this game is about. Or uh, this is it. I have avoided everything. So this is, yeah, uh, other than the fact that I know that I can see well, it's a roguelike, roguelike, whichever one you want to go for. It's a hack and slash roguelike. Yeah. yeah it's um, from the guys who did uh, Bastion and Transistor, right? Supergiant, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's nothing like those. But okay. I have I know those two, but don't know Hades. I have actively avoided any information on this game, so I'm going in completely blind. So it may be completely mm. unsuited to this podcast. I have no idea whatsoever. But again, we'll soon find out. So yeah, the first episode we'll play up until the end of Elysium. We'll keep the chat going in the Discord, see how we're getting on progress wise as to whether or not that's a sensible point to stick with. Um, like mm-hmm. I say, Reese has put a good amount of time into it, so I'm very very happy to go with his suggestions. Um, the second podcast will cover defeating the final boss and. He also suggests starting New Game Plus. So again, sounds like a sensible enough su- uh, suggestion. And then he was suggesting if we wanted to do it over three episodes, then as much as you can be bothered to do after defeating the final boss. So I think it is, he said he's got a couple of friends that have put 100 plus hours into it and are still going. So I think it is one of these ones that you can, oh hopefully we can finish it in or get something close to what we would consider it being finished over the course of one or two episodes. And then beyond that, it might just be the case that uh, one or two of us might continue to play on and see where it gets us, or some of the listeners might. But that is the structure for that. So obviously, as always, we'll get the channel opened up in Discord with all the the waypoints will be pinned to the channel there if you need to refer back to it. But um, by the time this goes out, feel free to get started. Unlike Chris, who's got his head start. (laughs) This is is the official green light, gentlemen. You are good to go. So what will be Chris's penalty then? There's got to be something. Well, I was right? trying to think about this. I, I was thinking that he may have to... Yeah, maybe we need to put... Number. How long ago did you start it, Chris? Uh, I've uh, Last week, I've played about three yeah. hours. We're going to have to put some sort of embargo on him for the next game or something where he has to... Basically, we have to... We have to confiscate his copy of the game that we play next or something <laughs> and then we'll post it back to him after... We'll post it to him a week later... Make him play Yakuza 4 <laughs> instead of Yakuza 2. Oh, yes. <laughs> no! Anything but that. Yeah. Just wait for it. Actually, no. yeah, wait for next season, Chris. I'm going to get my own back on you. I'm going to get my penance. Yeah. Now, it's it's really good. So the first the first few hours are... It's the way it tells its story, I think, is just going to be so interesting to talk is about. Is it a narrative it game at all? Or is, it, is it all... Uh... Mechanical. Yeah, no, it's yeah. There's a large story, and there's a really overarching story that runs the whole way through it all, and it's kind of slowly revealed to you, I think, as as you go through. So, okay. yes. it's like it, it, this is a horrible kind of way to describe it, but it, it is, it is like peeling an onion, like and or the onion peels itself in front Bulgars of you. are like onions. Yes, Chris, I, I can't have onions. It, it totally, I, I will explode if I eat onions. That's no good. <laughs> bad, no, bad no, you don't, don't eat it, mate. Just, <laughs> just play it. It's great. It's it, it's the combat excellence. It's got yeah. really That's good enough. Thank you, Chris. System. Lovely. Mm. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. <laughs> yep. Looking forward so, to it, mate. Cool. Yeah. We'll get the Hades Discord chat open. We'll crack on. Aaron Morpin's daughter is uh, dying to play it, but what I would say to, to, to Morpin is do exercise some parental guidance because 
there is parts of it which are very much not for children. Mm. Um, it's uh, sassy and sexy a little bit in times. Not not as sexy as sexy Parodius, but you know. <laughs> is anything, no, is anything as sexy as uh, sexy Parodius? <laughs> sexy Parodius. <laughs> very sexy. Um, gents, let's wrap up. Any final thoughts, final words? We might never, ever talk about Horizon for Bibbon West again. So if you have anything you want to share now is your time jim uh i would just quickly like to echo what andy said thanks to you for guiding us through it i can't even think how many hours we've covered on the podcast doing it uh but i've, I've loved it and i've still got a little bit more to, to finish off um yeah i'm looking forward to the next one nice one ready for skyrim next season oh, yes great game <laughs> i took an arrow in the knee <laughs> <laughs> brilliant Mads any final final words on Horizon oh just thank you for picking it mate it was brilliant I loved playing through it and uh, yeah wonderful storytelling and, and uh, wonderful wonderful combat mechanics it's just a gem of a game isn't it yeah yeah Andy yeah likewise and it's funny I think it's just one of these ones where it's almost kind of it's sort of almost transcended being just a game to us i think i would say the last of us franchise yeah. and yeah. the horizon yeah. franchise have become like the real kind of foundations of this podcast and i think yeah. this has just really kind of cemented it in terms of anytime one comes along we are now obligated to play it it's simple as that and yeah. when you think about the number of hours that we've put into these games collectively both playing like we say what 150 hours between the two games roughly and then in terms yeah. of like the amount of content that we've talked about, so well, we must be, what, 15 hours for each game or something? It was like four, yeah, three, yeah. yeah. So we're probably like 20, 30 hours of discussion on these games as well. Mm-hmm. And we, Plus all the kind of time that goes into, you know, thinking about... Yeah, it Discord chats, all this and, sort of stuff as well. And, yeah. and I mean it from the point of view that, and you know, there has never been at any point where there's been where we thought... Um, w- all of that has always been through through choice, and I think it says such a huge yeah, it says a sure. huge amount about this as a franchise. So, um, I am absolutely ready. I'm ready for a break from it, but that is, like I yeah. say, that's not a reflection on the game. That is just a reflection on on needing to do needing to play something different. I think, and sort of aware that there are other games out there waiting to be played. Sorry, Mads, what Can you I put you guys in the spot here then? Yeah. So what what would you prefer? What's the, what's the best game? If we if we're talking about well the series, then talk about Last of Us or Horizon. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's easy. Even though I've absolutely loved Horizon and I I, I prefer Aloy as a character to, uh, to Ellie, really. Nothing nothing can be better than uh, the Last of Us two. That storytelling, still uh, just thinking about it, it, just blows my mind. The the, the mechanics mm-hmm. are light years better in horizon i, I love playing that game from a mechanical point of view yeah but the storytelling just well we're still waiting for it mad near it does it where they get we get the last of us storytelling married up with the horizon gameplay or the gameplay the combat mechanics and you've got that's the dream in it when they meet yeah, in the, the middle dream. That's that's the dream. Dream. yeah it will happen but i i think yeah. in terms yeah I, I i'm the same i think probably if i had to pick one at the moment i would still go with the last of us yeah. but yeah um yeah, it's 
it depends what day of the week you ask me on to be honest you could ask me tomorrow <laughs> and i would say horizon it's uh the, 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 there's so many redeeming features for both i mean just what in, mm. incredible incredible games and what an incredible series of games the horizon games are absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah did you prefer it to, to both master- do you prefer the sequel to the, the original of of, uh, of horizon 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 uh yeah i think i do these did you i think i like the first better possibly I think I've, yeah. I preferred the story in the first one, but yeah, the second one, I think, yeah, gameplay wise, yeah. is stronger. Yeah. Like you see, I'll flip back you, and Chris, forth the whole time. It's uh, The Last of Us or Horizon. They're both masterpieces in my mind. I mean, they're both, I, I think, they're both, all four games, I, I could make a case for being my favourite game of all time. Uh, certainly in the top echelons. And I think at one point in playing all of them, uh, storytelling wise there's no doubt I think The Last of Us is, is stands head and shoulders not just above any video game I've ever played but but I think uh, stands head and shoulders above most other things I've ever experienced that tell me a story yep. I think it's that yeah. good in, in my mind I said last time didn't I that the dream would be to, I wish I, I, I think Gorilla I've struggled with it's just my opinion and there's people who love the story I'm mad you know you you don't feel this way but I I do feel like they've it's kind of got a bit big for them that the the whole horizon story I feel like it got away from them a little bit in in Forbidden West uh, and I would love to see them bring in yeah and I'm not disparaging the writers of Horizon Forbidden West because the game is a masterpiece and I adore every single person who's worked on the I th- yeah I'm so grateful that they've produced what they've produced we've been able to play it but I I would love them to maybe do something a bit different on the writing side and and maybe bring in some fresh ideas yeah. for for Yeah three. maybe just maybe just some, narrow the scope of it a wee bit and maybe just kind of I don't know possibly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Could it at its best? Or... <laughs> yes, for example. No, no one dead like that. Thank you very much. It, it's at its best when it's telling the small stories, when it's telling the human stories, yeah, I think I is where it really excels. Mm. I think if they're going to go for this big ex- this existential thing and they don't want to fall into the Mass Effect 3 trap, mm. I think they just need to really, really be very careful about how they tell their story. I'd love to see them, you know, go and have a chat with the writers over at Naughty Dog and, <laughs> and maybe bring in some of that uh, grittiness to it. Let's see. Uh, where, where do I stand on the games? Uh, there was a time playing Forbidden West when I was convinced it was my favourite game of all time. It, the story just let it down for me a little bit. Well, I wouldn't now say that. If you could say to me, you have one series, you had to get rid of one, I would actually, I I would choose Horizon. As much as I adore the storytelling in The Last of Us, and I love that. Oh, I think like it's like a desert island These, pick, yeah, for the replayability as much as anything else. You you could you could spend the rest of the horizon, you could spend the rest yeah. of your days in the Horizon world, whereas The Last of Us it's it's a it's yeah. it's too linear for that. Mm. Yeah. But mate, I love them both, and and you, I assume you you've just said so. You're you're definitely. Uh, Definitely prefer the strong and incredible storytelling of The Last of Us. I don't. 
I don't like replaying games, narrative games, anyway. No. So uh, even as a Desert Island thing, I prefer to have that wonderful strong narrative of The Last of Us 2 One and done. to this. Even though I, I, I really, I loved this and mechanically it's it's uh, so much better than The Last of Us. Then yeah. the narrative just wasn't as strong. So Yeah, we're lucky to have both. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. very nice problem to have. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. We'll say goodbye. Thank you, gents. Thanks to everybody on Discord. Any sh- any final shout-outs before we sign off, Andy? Um, once again, yeah, just massive shout-out to Teresa. I'll be doing that every episode anyway when we do move on to Hades. But outside of that, no, it just as it always is, um, I've already said to you, Chris, massive thanks for obviously for being brave enough to take this on again because it is a, it is a big thought taking on the big games and the amount of work that comes with it. But uh, you've done an absolutely sterling job off it. So thank you for that. And then obviously to Maz and Jim for just making the whole playthrough experience so pleasurable. But that all comes off the back of all the listeners, everybody who contributes in the Discord. So I say it every time, but it's because I mean it. So just basically everybody who listens and everybody who plays along with us, um, whether that's just for, for some of it, all of it, you know, um, we do... Uh, it, 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 obviously it makes it such a great experience for us so thank you very much for that and hopefully you'll stick with us for the final game of this series and then see what the picks are we'll be running to waffle 5.0 6.0 it's crazy to think they're almost Six, there yeah. and then it's probably going to be what around like christmas be. waffle as well isn't it? oh there'll be christmas waffles yeah yes. festive christmas waffles, waffles always we may well, even uh, let I, chris join us this time yeah, yeah you <laughs> Kept me out last time. <laughs> <laughs> Mads, any final shout outs? Yeah, shout out to you guys. It was, uh, this was great fun, as always. And uh, of course, to all of the guys over on Discord that are keeping the discussions alive when we are not waffling about. So, uh, and ch- yeah. by the way, speaking of Discord, do go to the Retro Asylum Discord as well. It's a very active place. And I just started a new little yeah. game we're playing there where we're doing uh, top tens the community top 10s, listener top 10s of uh, all platforms ever made. We started with the <laughs> ZX Spectrum and uh, I, I, I've, I've been talking to people, trying to get them to choose te- a top 10 and we've, I, I'm guessing when I'm look when going to look after we record here, there'll be 80, 90 games to pick from already. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's see. We're nothing if not ambitious. No, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have uh, fun uh, following along those discussions as well. <laughs> Jimbo? Just echo over all the above. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what's on the Discord, actually. So I'm guessing with Hades, there's the potential for different builds? Sharing different builds and stuff? Um, no? No, I'll let you guys discover okay. it. Not mm. really. No spoilers. You'd not, yeah. yeah. Let, let, yeah we'll, don't we'll, don't, we'll don't tell us if that. we grow up or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and, and you... Don't play a snake through the whole game. Oh, whoops! <laughs> no, you didn't. I'll just fi- finish off by again, yeah, thanking everyone on Discord. Scott, for helping with the milestones. You guys for playing along. Guerrilla Games for creating a masterpiece. Aloy, we'll be back in 2027, or whenever you next make an appearance. Good night, lads. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.